Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Russell Howe. And this is Notorious by Chance, the show where we come in and talk all things movies. We're back to a weekly schedule, and we are continuing our Scarefest. I think at the day we're publishing this, it will actually be Halloween, which means we have no better fitting movie to talk about than Halloween Resurrection. Absolutely. I mean, who who cares about the 1978 one? Man? Oh, yeah, 1978? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Let's that. Let's go right to 2002, right? John Carpenter's a hack. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we uh, had a poll was worst horror installments, which you guys hotly debated whether we not pick the worst installments in the franchises. Which, I mean, that is to be contested. I think we could pick the worst Jason movie and a worst, uh, worst Freddy movie. But either way, regardless, you guys unanimously said Halloween Resurrection. I don't know how much I agree with that. Number one. Oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> uh, because we were recording out of this guy's studio, he decided, hey, you know what? I'm gonna be on this show. PJ Campbell is joining us today. Hey, it's nice to be here. I don't know if you can really pick a worse horror sequel. Like, are there bad ones? Yes. But there is not any that are almost as ineptly made as Halloween Resurrection. Well, we'll, we'll talk well, about it. Halloween Resurrection wasn't the, was the, the contention point. The contention point was we thought we could pick a worse Jason movie and a worse Freddy movie. Oh, no, no. And I, that's what I'm saying. Like, even at their worst, at least when it came to, like, the bad Jason and the bad Freddy movies, like... Robert England is still there. He is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have that. But when it comes to anything involving Halloween, there's nothing really saving it, even with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll oh yeah. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it later. But as for right now, uh, let's just uh, get, you know, residual. Uh, not residual, but r- routine check. Uh, Russell, you have not uh, started continued Game of Thrones, have you? That would be correct. But I believe, PJ, you just started watching Game of Thrones. I am starting it, yes. Have, have you actually started it, or are you in the process of starting it? I am starting. in the process of starting it, because I had a lot of people who kept writing my ass about actually doing uh, it. I am one of them. And you I, are one of them. I, I feel you. Yeah. I, I kept getting a lot of pushback, and then there was one person in particular um, who's not going to go named right now who really kept pushing me, and I was like, this is going to be like a make-it-or-break-it sort of thing for our relationship, yeah. and... Was it, was it Snelling? It was Snelling, wasn't it? It was not Snelling, but oh, really? he, he actually, it was weird, because like, he texted me right around the same time I got a text message from my friend, and so there was like this back and forth where I got caught in the middle of this box where I was like, if I don't watch Game of Thrones, literally everyone in my life is going to leave me, and since my wife already walked out on me once this year, it, it's, you know, I don't need that in my life. That man. is true. You gotta, you gotta keep the friends you got. But, yeah, exactly. Okay, since we have no one uh, to, <laughs> since we have no one to talk about Game of Thrones, let's. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna talk about a show that I watched recently. Uh, I watched. Uh, I watched Dead to Me. Oh, dude, that show's great. The show's fantastic. Uh, honestly, I think Christina Applegate and Linda Carly might be my favorite performances of the year. Just period. Both of them are fantastic. Uh, go watch. Go watch Dead to Me. It's a great show. Oh, also another one I watched on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a new show they just rolled out called uh, Modern Love. Oh, yeah, the anthology series. The anthology series, directed by John Carney, who directed uh, Begin Again and Sing Street, who he told, yeah, each episode is about like a half hour and follows a, di- a different love story throughout New York. And, yeah, that, sh- that show is also fantastic. And it just got renewed. Did it get renewed? Yeah, it already got renewed for another season. Interesting. I didn't think that show would get renewed. But, uh, yeah, regardless, uh, check out Modern Love, check out Dead to Me, but... For right now, we're going to talk about our. We're going to go to our regular segments. First of which is the weekly trailer rundown, and this is because we're doing these episodes so uh, close together. We don't have a lot. We don't have a lot to talk about, but we do have some, something we're going to discuss. Uh, first of which, because Peter's a little prima donna, who does not watch Netflix trailers, 
Uh, we're going to talk about the trip. Me and Russell are going to talk about the trailer for The King, <laughs> starring Timothy Chalamet. You're such an asshole, number one. How dare you insult I mean, me in my own studio? <laughs> I mean, it's my show. I'll do what I want. <laughs> so, I, I told you to watch the trailer, but no, PJ, don't watch Netflix trailers. I don't know. Uh, unless it's The Irishman, because Scorsese. Unless it's The Irishman. Uh, so, either way, Russell, you and I saw the trailer for The King. So, this is a historical drama starring Timothy Chalamet. Uh, you got Joe Legend up in this joint. You got Robert Pat. You got Rob 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 and Bat in this movie. <laughs> uh, so Russell, what do you think of the trailer for The King? I mean, I thought it looked good. I mean, for a Netflix film, um, I think they put a lot of uh, money into, it, especially with the costume piece. Uh, ben Mendelsohn, he loves that stuff. Ben Mendelsohn's uh, always in books yeah, like this. It, he he loves that stuff. He but does. yeah, I think the film looked good. I mean, I, I'm I'm entertained by it. It looks like it has a lot of action films in it. Pattinson uh, really showing you he's really stepping his game up, obviously, from Twilight. He's really come a long way. Um, just even his accent, I think it sounded uh, pretty natural. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this. And Timothy Chalamet is always an interesting character, too, because, you know, he, he's very selective about what he chooses to go with. So I like to see because he's been on a, uh, a good streak here since, you know, with uh, Boy Erased. Or was it? No, not Boy no, Erased. Uh, beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy. That's the one. Beautiful boy, yeah. There's a lot of boys. A lot of boys. Uh, his career has been in the upswing too, so uh, kind of looking forward to this film. No, yeah, for sure. I think look, he has he had some missteps. Yes. Hashtag rainy day in New York. Hashtag Woody Allen. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think this looks pretty solid. I did not know Dave McCod directed this. In case you didn't know, Dave McCod, he's director of Animal Kingdom, directed The Rover, Hesher, which I think is pretty underrated. Uh, but. Yeah, I think he's clearly got a good aim with Netflix because his last movie, War Machine, with Brad Pitt, was on was on Netflix. So uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it turns out pretty good. I think he's got a really, really solid cast. I'm assuming I'm assuming this is where Xiaomei and Lily Rose Depp met because they are, I think, at the last point I checked, they were still they were dating in real life, which is really they were they were an odd looking couple. But you know, that's good, an odd pairing. That is an odd pairing, but good for them. Uh, and yeah, I mean, solid cast. I do wonder if this. Is, <laughs> Uh, ben Mendelsohn, I'm pretty sure he still thinks he's on the set of Robin Hood, although his clothes aren't nearly as nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, that movie's what a what a what a piece of trash. We, we, that still, movie we still gotta talk about that movie one day. We will. Uh, we will eventually. But yeah, uh, the King was set to release on Netflix uh, November first, two thousand nineteen. So could be another potential Oscar movie for Netflix. They got a couple. They got a couple this year. That's in uh, two days, or at the time of the the release, it would be tomorrow. Oh yeah, at the time of the release, it's been tomorrow. So if you if you're into history and Chalamet, go watch The King. Uh, next trailer we're talking about right now, one for a movie that's gonna be actually in theaters. <laughs> Alarmingly, I forgot the movie's even coming out. It's The Grudge, and Peter, Peter did watch the trailer. So we can come back in the studio and we can talk about this movie. Uh, so The Grudge is the reboot of the, of course, famous. Uh, famous horror property that was an import from Japan, like most things that came, <laughs> like most things that came from the most 2000s. of the good two thousands horror films were that, from or Japan. at least tried to be. We're, we're all remakes, yeah, because yeah. that's what we do here. Uh, this one, I actually, I actually don't remember the Sam Raimi was a producer on the original Grudge films, but Peter reminded me. And uh, this one is yes, a reboot of the classic Grudge property, sort of, sort of. Uh, so premise: we got a single mother and a young detective. Muldon, played by Andrea Riceboro, discovers in a, in a suburban house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter with a violent death. And so apparently something about this movie 
it's actually set at the exact same time as the one starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. Is it really? And set really? at the same time as the original. So I guess they're all supposed to be happening at the same time. It's something the movie uh, apparently is going to deal with. Who's fucking writing cool. real estate in these worlds? I don't know. Because <laughs> cinematic universes are like all the rage. And so I guess people were really, really upset about it. And they came out and they were like, just so you guys know, we're not redoing the Sarah Michelle Geller one. It just happens to take place at the exact same time. Are there that many fans of Sarah, Mich- that you, of Sarah Michelle Geller or Grudge that you can't piss them off? Apparently. I mean I mean it's it's a good I mean it's a good PG thirteen scare film. I mean, again, we talked about it, early two thousands type niche. I mean, that's what this was. So I mean I think it's kind of cool, though, to to revisit that and say, oh, this is all going on around this, the same time. I think that's kind of cool, though. I mean, the grudge, but the grudge also has potential. I think you could, I think you could potentially make a good scary grudge film. And the thing that I, Peter and I both know about this movie, that fact that it's rated R. Yeah, this new one's rated R. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because they they really leaned in on the a visionary new take where you're like, God damn it, like not this shit again. Yeah, you know that's how they sell sold Evil Dead. It's the same studio because it's mm-hmm. Sam Raimi's. So every time they do these re things they're like well just push it as a terrifying new vision of it like okay fine whatever but then i noticed it was rated r and that surprised me because so typically with movies like this we go for the pg-13 route or at least we did and now we're actually going for an r-rated version which actually makes me more curious because what about it is pushing the limit of an r rating it just has me kind of wondering and aside from that, you do actually have a pretty legit cast with this one. I mean, you got Andrea Riceboro, John Cho, Dan Bashir, Betty Gilpin, uh, Jackie Weaver, William Sadler. Death is in this movie. Uh, Frankie Faison. Uh, you were saying, Russell? Oh, no, I was going to say, that, yeah, the rated R thing is what uh, got me hook, line, and sinker because of the fact that a lot of these films do tend to go to the PG-13 route because of the fact they want to pull in the younger demographic. Right. I like the fact that they're taking a chance. They're saying, you know what, to hell with that. We can do what we want. Sky's the limit, you know, hands are, you know, pretty much, you know, off. We can do whatever we want to do with the R-rated. I like that. And I think it was supposed to originally come out this fall. I think it got pushed back to January. So it's interesting that we're just getting the trailer for it. Yeah, Which I sucks, because I wish it would be coming out, like, around now would be a perfect time for it, you know? It, it's a much better movie to release right now than, say, Terminator, which I'm not, a, not excited for Terminator, but it's spooky season, like... Terminator hasn't been a horror film since the original. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> being just like not, not that you're not excited for Terminator. We are, we are not excited for Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> speaking I, of I, on this show. Look, I get it, but there's way too much talent on this one behind the scenes for me to give it not at least a chance. I mean, we're we're, we're both we're both gonna see it. We're all gonna see it. I mean, oh, you I mean, and I have our tickets for tomorrow. We do have our tickets. Yes, or I guess I guess today today as the day, as the day but, of, we're releasing this. When when it comes to Terminator specifically, if I could speak on this real quick, like I totally get it. This franchise has time and again let us down since T two. Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles is like the one gleaming that, shining that, light. That, that's the best Terminator three so far, right? But and it, maybe it's a weird thing because I know how people feel about Cameron specifically one because he went to bat for Genesis specifically so he could get the rights back <laughs> so he could do his own Terminator three. But between that and Tim Miller. It's hard for me not to at least give it some credence, like some credence that it's actually going to be good. And everything I've seen so far, especially the stuff that they showed at Comic Con, was so strong. And the early word of mouth is strong enough that I am hopeful. Tangents. That's that's the that's the main basis of the show. Regardless, uh, what we're we talking about, the Grudge. Yeah, uh, the Grudge is set to release for. <laughs> well, uh, we we got We got to keep. We got to get the show on track, PJ. Goddamn. Uh, <laughs> the Grudge is set for a January 3rd 
2020 release. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. I I don't know. If, I don't know if this is the reason, but it's worth noting that uh, Damien Bashir's real life uh, partner Stephanie Shrek or Shirk was in is in this movie, who actually uh, she actually just uh, passed away. She committed suicide, which I wonder if that's the reason it got pushed back. But e- either way. Uh, I'm actually surprised and looking forward to this movie <laughs> more than I thought I would be. Uh, when it says for release January 3rd, 2020. So, hey, first movie of the year, 2020, The Grudge. Hell yeah. Uh, and last trailer we're talking about, like I said, we don't have a lot to talk about, but this is a big one because uh, we had the second trailer for the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. This is going to be uh, the first. The first live-action Star Wars TV show, I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. There I mean, before this. I don't think any of us are going to count the Star Wars Holiday Special as a television show. Well, it's not a television show. show. Yeah. That's, that, that was a special. <laughs> that, that, that's different. And we don't count the Ewok movies that were Caravan of Courage. And well, Lord those th- had theatrical releases overseas, so technically, they really? yeah, they're technically theatrically released films. Just our, not our, apolo- our apologies to Japan. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we have another trailer for The Mandalorian. and uh, So I'll go to Russell first. Russell, what do you think about this trailer? I'm on board. I was on board after the first one, just the concept of this in general, um, with a, like a Boba Fett-type character. Um, yeah, I, I was on board, and then I liked the beginning of the trailer where we see a, uh, a Bosk-looking character, a bounty hunter, and then oh, yeah. with spr- sprinkling an IG-88-type droid there at the end there. Um, I can't another remember, bounty I can't remember, hunter. I can't remember what, um, what, what, what droid number. It's like IG-18 or IG-38. Yeah, it's something before 88, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But that droid will be voiced by Taika Waititi, which I think is hilarious. I just think it's cool. I, yeah. I like how they're putting all the you know bounty hunters in there. I hope we get like a Dengar cameo because I've always liked Dengar oh, as uh, one nice. of my favorite bounty hunters. Um, just was one of my favorite bounty hunters growing up. I uh, just kind of liked, always rooted for him because he was like the uh, uns- he, nobody like really knew much about him. Um, Who is this Dengar? And I read the what's that? Who is this Dengar? I must know more. Yeah. Well, because I read, um, what was it? Uh, it was a bounty hunter book. It was one of the ones that are, it's obviously not canon now. I think it was actually it was a, the Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Cause Tales there was of a, the Bounty Hunters, yep. Yeah, yeah there they, was a couple broke, of those. broke them in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I always liked Dengar because I liked his story. And uh, I just remember seeing him at The Empire Strikes Back uh, Special Edition. He was like in his little turban or whatever. That's all you really got to see. He really didn't have much. But I, I, I'm kind of curious if they put his character in. I doubt it, but. Yeah, this this looks fun. I'm 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 really looking forward to Disney Plus, seeing what they can do with this uh, this property. It's a great idea, and it looks so vibrant. They've spent so much money on this that you can tell that it's actually it looks like something would be in a theater. You know, it looks legit. totally on board. Though. It looks legit, and I will say, like the yep. what's helping sell this is Werner Herzog. Like his his narration at the beginning. Like I'm like holy shit. Like. <laughs> I'm That's actually like legit. Like, yeah, this, this, this is legit. I'm actually getting like chills. Werner Herzog just narrated everything. I, I want to hear Werner Herzog's March of the Penguins. Uh, but, uh, BJ. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the, no, the, man. The, the, the father penguins have to stay and guard the eggs. <laughs> God damn it. I, uh, I mean, look, I like it. Obviously, I'm a Star Wars fan. Um, much like Russell, I grew up reading a lot of the EU and stuff, and I'm one of the people who has kind of been like, I think it was better in the end that we jettisoned most of that because it just became so convoluted and like not very good towards the end. But oh. there's always been like shining little parts left, things like Thrawn, Marjade, some of the things like that. And it feels like this show is kind of like the best of both worlds for people who loved the EU. They're definitely throwing in nuggets from it because Favreau is like a big Star Wars fan fan like that but it's also the continuation to the series that 
I think people also need right now because there's so much white noise and shit around the series, especially now with this Game of Thrones showrunner stuff. Like, people are so blinded by how much they aren't enjoying the movies. I think that this could be the one thing where, for the first time, Star Wars fans can actually, like, come together since, I don't know, 1983, and they're like, man, we fucking love this thing, you know? Can I swear on here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, they can come together and they're like, fuck, we love this thing. And they don't get that very often. And I'm really... I'm tired of... I was just going to say, like, the discourse has been exhausting lately because I... I like Star Wars, just period. Star Wars is good. And there's just... That's like the world's best tagline. Star Wars is good. Yeah, Star Wars is good. And so all this shit around it is exhausting. And I just want us to be in a place where we can all be like, man, this is good stuff again. And television so far has been some of the best storytelling in the Star Wars universe in this new iteration of the canon. So with Rebels and Resistance and now this, I think this will continue that trend. I agree, and I but I like the fact the also the thing I like about it is they're not putting it all out at once. Where right, you could binge it, be done with it, and put it on a shelf. Um, it's going to be like a you know just like how TV used to be. It was a spectacle. You waited every week to see what was going to happen from last week. It's it's fun. It it, it builds more uh, story to it. Um, and I, I, I think to kind of echo what you were saying, I think just the Star Wars universe in general, I just think, and I, you know, Chance and I have talked about this before, but it was just so oversaturated, you know, with the with the new trilogy. And then you put Rogue One in there and then you put Dice, a Star Wars story in there. You know, you, you get all this kind of stuff. And it's like that's a tab for Solo. OK, it's like Peter's like, what the hell's Dice? <laughs> no, I figured um, it out. Thank you, Chance. Thank you, Chance. But what I'm saying is I think we just we were just so beat over the head constantly with like all this new Star Wars stuff that I think people are getting a little bit tired of it, you know what I mean? And I like the fact that we're going to go away with the movies and I think we're going to try to go to this, you know, other platform with Disney Plus and have a TV show where you know, let's see what happens with this. They can, you know, t- you know, tie their stories in and and make it fun again. So I'm kind of looking forward to this. It's kind of like a new beginning for the Star Wars universe. Hundred percent, and oh my bad, I was gonna say, like, I don't disagree with any of that. I just think that we also find that Star Wars fans are rather gatekeepy in the best term. So anything that's not the original trilogy is always gonna be a problem. And I'm hoping that Mandalorian is finally the one that kicks down that gate, and we can just be like, man, Star Wars is actually good no matter what. Like, even even at its worst, it's still watchable. And let the record show this is not the last time I'm going to bring up Star Wars on the show because we have some, <laughs> some pretty big news to talk about in just a little bit. Yeah, I definitely might have hinted at that. You hinted at that. We're, we're, we'll go into full depth later. But regardless, uh, we actually, uh, yeah, Mandalorian will be available. Uh, the first episode will be available at launch, being uh, it's going to be a weekly rollout, which I think is a smart move mm-hmm. on Movie Disney Plus. Well, and it's not just them. I mean,. It, it was HBO Max brought that up yesterday too. All their new series are going to do the same thing. Are they? Yeah, they said that they're doing anything that's a new series on their show is going to be a weekly release because, and as they coined it, and I think this is completely accurate to it, they don't want the binge and burn. They they've seen what happens with Netflix shows yeah. where they're there and then they're not. Like we talk about it for two weeks and then there's no more talk, and it's not another year until anyone's talking about it again. They want to keep the conversation going, and Disney's figured that out. And Warner's figured it out. I wonder how long it'll be. Shit, who should Hulu figured it out in there? Well, Hulu is Hulu's been doing it, and I think that's part of the reason that Disney took over. That's true. I mean, Disney's Disney learned from that. But I think the one property that can get away with that on Netflix is Stranger Things. 
just because it is it's Stranger Things. You know what I mean? Right. It's I a blockbuster. Outside of that, though, I can completely agree with what you say because you binge it and then you forget about it and then it's gone. But it's it's not in you know dialect. It's not in like you know you have costumes and stuff like that for Halloween and stuff like that. So it's not constantly in your face. You know what I mean? You forget Mom, about it. Mom, I want to be I want to be Christina Applegate from Dead to Me for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> uh, girl, 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 you're too young to watch that shit. Watch them, watch them clean wholesome shows. Like I, I think you should leave now with Tim Robinson. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I know that I will definitely be watching Mandalorian. That may be the first thing I watch on November 12th when Disney Plus launches. You mean when we're all here together at, that is the, true. at we're the studio all, watching it together? That is true. That's what we're going to do. We already blocked out the whole day to just mess around with Disney Plus all fucking day. Uh, far, followed by uh, Rocket Man. Or uh, what is it? Yeah, Rocket Man, isn't it? With uh, Harlan Williams. Oh, okay. it a oh yeah, is that going to be on there? I hope it is. It's a Disney. It's a Disney I movie. I believe it is. I think it was one of the ones that was one of the announced titles. Oh yeah, okay. well, yeah, yeah. We could do the triple feature: uh, Kazam, <laughs> Sh- uh, Jack with Rob Williams, and uh, Rocket Man with Harley Williams. <laughs> you uh, know, that's uh, did you guys actually Francis like, Ford Coppola's gem, right? Yes. Did you guys go through that list of stuff that Disney Plus is releasing? Uh, like, did have, you really look not. at it? It's I, I did. Fucking fascinating. I kind of skimmed. I kind of skimmed through it to see like all like the, the big stuff. But yeah, I yeah. Did. There's some good stuff in there. Like you see some of it, and then there's stuff that I never thought would see the light of day again. You know, like the Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin. Like I never ever thought that would get a release on anything but VHS, and now it's going to have an what? HD release. We're still holding up. Doug's, D- Doug's first movie. Yes, Doug's yeah. first movie, which is also subsequently his last movie. Well, and I think <laughs> it's going di- to be on there. Yeah, yeah, that's on there with the Disney series, not the previous series, obviously, that um, Nickelodeon the, had. The, the, the well, better version of the series. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, the better version is Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, but a hundredfold. We all know that, but the point is yeah. at least it's there. I mean, Yeah, at least we have it. I mean, the fact that they actually managed to get the animated Spider-Man series from the 90s is fascinating because, for me, that was the one that I never thought would actually get any sort of release like that because there were so many rights around it at one point. That's why it never had a proper release here stateside as far as, like, DVD goes. Right. And, uh, you know, Russell and I are still holding out for uh, the Song of the South release. We're waiting for that to come on Disney+. Plus. I still have the DVD of that. You, oh, you have the DVD? Actually, I do. No shit. It's funny because my stepdaughters are big fans of Disney, and I think they got a copy. How weird is this? Uh, when we were in Savannah, Georgia, they got a, uh, a <laughs> copy of Songs of the South. Of all, of all like, fucking places. Of all places, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Savannah, Georgia. You couldn't. You couldn't. Uh, there's you so couldn't write jokes. that script. Yeah, there's so many jokes oh to make god, about that. A, my god, too, too many jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh but yeah, I remember they bought it. They because uh, Tage is a big fan of, of Disney, and she just wanted to ha- just to have it. I mean, I I don't think you know really obviously going into you know what what the story is actually really really about. You know what I mean? Double double feature but, that. Uh, you, you can yeah. just do back to back just uh, that. Just the crow scene from Dumbo, the Siamese cat from Aristocats. The uh, you mean the Lady in the Tramp? From no, the preacher Cats. from Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. You could put in there too. For Which one? Some fun. The preacher from Little Mermaid would oh be fun. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one with the erection. Yes. <laughs> the curious thing about that, like, I wonder if Disney is going to continue to censor stuff on their platform the I, way I they've think, been I doing. I think there was a re- there was like a rumor, but that that was confirmed to not be true. Okay, thank God, because. If they start doing that, there's going to be a problem because I'm very curious how Warner's going to handle the Looney Tunes since they said they're going to have the entire catalog of Looney Tunes and cartoons. We'll, 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 you're going ahead. We're going, to, we're going to talk about that later. But yeah, I think there was there was a rumor that they were going to take out the crows from Dumbo, but it turns out that was false. So. Well, they definitely took out one of the bloopers in Toy Story 2. 
did they? Yeah. Oh, the one with the with sneaky. The, yeah, the, the yeah. stinky Pete. I, which is a good thing I still have the movie on DVD because I can like, still watch that scene. Right. Uh, I got too. Which is good. Regardless, uh, I think Michael, this is a. Can, can I ask a quick question about Disney Plus real fast? Yes. Um, will they now all the things that are there? Are they going to be there permanently, and then they're just going to add two? It's not like one of these things where we're going to subtract. Oh, like, it, like it's something. not like ne- it's not like Netflix where like it's yeah. gone and then expired. Like this is bank. This is going to yeah. That's a great question. Stay? I'm assuming it's going to stay. I I don't see a reason why they would why it wouldn't because they don't okay. have they don't have to renew streaming rights because they own everything. That's just. But but the fact is, if it gets just too too big and too vast, my fear was, oh well, you know, Doug's first movie will take out because I'm a giant Doug fan, so I'm like actually really looking forward to watching. Yeah, super exciting, man. I I don't think that we're gonna see very much in things being taken away because it kind of defeats the purpose of the whole thing. And that's what I was that's what I was fearing that that. You know, I was hoping they wouldn't. Yeah, do that. and like just t- they... taking having things like expire just doesn't just just from like a a business standpoint or just like it's a, a streaming standpoint doesn't make any sense just because like no, well, the re- no. the reason Netflix takes things away because they don't want they don't want to pay to stream it anymore. But it's one of Netflix's yeah. biggest problems in the end because yeah. there's a reason people want these things. Like people got Netflix I mean, originally because of Friends. You know, when Friends got oh, the streaming yeah, deal, I look at it. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I got it because of Rest Development. <laughs> no, no, like, I'm I'm, back, but I'm talking but about know, certain people. Like there's fandoms. If you start taking that stuff away, you know what happens. You lose the fandom. Yeah. You lose the fandom. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's the benefit of like companies making their own streaming services because they they won't have to pay. To stream, well, at least Disney. Disney won't have to pay. Some other ones will. Disney does not have to pay to stream the the thing that they're going to be streaming because, like, they already own all the rights. So it's, it's not. It's I was going to say because they because they own the world. That's why. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I think yeah. So bottom line, we're trying to get at Mandalorian episode one will be available November twelfth at launch of Disney Plus. <laughs> Moving on to our next segment of notorious news. Uh, we always had to start off with a sad time before we can have fun again. And uh, yeah, uh, the we had a a comedic legend just pass away last night. Actually, this was, this one was was fucking nuts. Uh, comedian John Witherspoon, who you may recognize as, as the uncle from Friday, and uh, I I always know him as Granddad from the Boondocks. Uh, Seventy seven years old, passed away last night. Which this was, this was a low blow for me. Like this this one, out of like celebrity death recently, this one kind of hurt the most. It's because John Witherspoon has always been it's always been a presence in my life, especially, and the, f- the fact that he's just gone now is just it, it, it's disheartening, man. So, uh, it, R- Russell, your your thoughts on John Witherspoon as just an actor and a comedian? Yeah, I mean, again, what a you know comedic legend. I mean, it's really sad that we're not going to get to see him anymore. But yeah, how funny was his stuff on Friday? Oh, oh man, he's hilarious on Friday. Comedic comedic genius, man. It was it was hilarious. It really brought life to to the Friday films and I yeah it's 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 gonna be sad that we're not gonna see him uh you know on TV anymore doing films and stuff like that it's kind of sad but yeah definitely a great presence on the screen and you knew like Friday man his, his character on Friday I'll tell you what honestly like I said it, it drove that film I thought to, some of the funniest scenes of the film were involving him yeah I mean I I'm in complete agreement with you guys his presence in the Friday series period like Arguably, even Friday After Next, which people don't necessarily love, he's still so good in it, and it, right. like a lot of the best parts of that movie belong to him. I mean, he was comedic gold. He was one of the beacons of 
African American comedy for a long time. I mean, he's always been there. He he's like Red Fox. Like you knew his name, you knew who he was. He popped up in things, and it was always really great to see him. He became a really prolific character actor because of it. Like there's so much of him that is a part of pop culture in different ways. You brought up the Boondocks. Like that's a huge part of my upbringing and yours too. Like that cartoon changed my entire view on life in a lot of ways and a lot of it fell on the fact that I loved him in the role like that stuff matters and we don't really focus on that a lot so many of these character actors and comedians when they pass away people kind of overlook it and it's sad because they don't really think about how much they've added to a value to either their projects or to the genre as a whole because they don't see it the same way we do and it's a bummer and I'm I'm really hoping that doesn't go this way with him. I think that there I've seen a lot of outpouring which is great, but it, it sucks, man. It it's really a bummer. Yeah, and I think the the especially sad thing about this the timing of all this, the fact that well, I mean, we're going to get the whole HBO Max thing later, but it was just announced that Boondock, well not just announced, but uh it was announced previously that Boondocks was renewed for two more seasons. Like we were going brand to get new two, seasons. Yeah, brand new seasons. We were going to get two more seasons of Boondocks. I'm assuming we're still they're still doing that. Uh, I'm just very curious that I, if they actually got him to record anything for it, and if they did, how much? Just because, and it's it's going to be sad to it's sad to think about the fact that we might get Boondock without John Witherspoon because him as granddad was always just so hilarious. But yeah, we're gonna see we'll see how that turns out. Regardless, John Witherspoon, you are you were a legend. You were you meant the world to so many people, including me. And uh, it's it's sad to see you gone, man. Rest in peace. Uh, so moving on to our actual news stories, first of which, <laughs> uh, going, I guess, to our Disney Shield section. Uh, we, we're going to start with the good news first. Uh, Pirates Reboot's in the works, guys. <laughs> it's, it's still coming. Uh, uh, but it's, got, it's picked up the writer of Chernobyl, Chernobyl. whose name I am having trouble, I, I'm having trouble remembering. Is this the same writer of Chernobyl who is also the writer of The Hangover, and we're overlooking that at this point? Craig Mazin is his name. It, it, it always makes me laugh. When is, he the, is he the writer? Of the, he did write The Hangover. Yeah, like, no one focuses on the not fact. E- not even The Hangover. Not even, like, The Good Hangover. He no, wrote, I know. He wrote the sequels. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, and speaking boy. of which, guess what else he wrote? Rocket Man <laughs> starring Harlan Williams. Yeah. Are you serious? Look at that. How come that full circle? How yeah, weird is that? Full circle. Wow, that's fucking weird. It, that is super creepy. We need to play the lottery, guys. Yeah, it is. Uh, but r- r- <laughs> yeah, regardless, I, I I completely forgot that he was <laughs> right on the I believe sequels. it's Terry Russo uh, is staying on as well to yes, help write the script. She, yes, yes. Terry Russo is staying on. Uh, but regardless, okay, look, regardless of this guy's cinematic ventures in the past, and they have been crap, but I will say Chernobyl is one of the best things I've seen this year. Yeah, no, uh, hands down. Chernobyl is fucking fantastic if you've not watched it. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, Russell, I know <laughs> you, you haven't watched I'm assuming you haven't watched Chernobyl, right? I haven't, but I, honest to God, I've been wanting to. Um, I, I, I could watch it. What, that's not... It's, only, it's only five episodes. I was gonna say, was, was that on uh, what the hell was that HBO. on HBO? Yeah, I have HBO, so yeah, I could actually watch it. I I've heard great things about it. Yeah, it's only it, it, it's short too. It's only like five episodes. You can knock that out like real quick. May have to give that a, it's so a watch. Fucking haunting. Yeah, it's fucking it's fucking incredible. Uh, but so PJ, as someone who did watch Chernobyl, did this this the prospect of Craig Mazin writing a uh, pirates film excite you? I mean, sure, I guess. I mean, and it has nothing to do with him. It's that. Every couple of years, we're kind of threatened with another Pirates film. And it's not that I'm 
really like tired of the series. It just feels like it's not going anywhere. Like it's really not evolving in any sort of way because studio think dictates that they need to keep Johnny Depp in the film. And I don't know how true that'll be at this point. Like Jack Sparrow seems to need to be the focal point, even though he was not the focal point of the original film. And there's a lot of curiosity around what they're doing. I did see some people speculating that it could potentially be a prequel so that they could keep Jack Sparrow, but without Johnny Depp, making it about a young version of him. Oh, there's a whole book series based around that. I, that I, they had could those, I had those books. Right. So like, there's people saying that that could be the route to go, but I think that there's a totally different route that no one's looking at, and it's something I've been talking about for at least the last couple of years. I think it's really, really high time that we like move on from the Jack Sparrow character. If I was them... What I would do is focus on the redheaded pirate wench that's in the ride and have Karen Gillan play her and be the lead of the new Pirates franchise, and you bring Zoe Saldana back from the first one and have them together because the two of them are so good in the Guardians films that there's already a natural rapport, and I think that it would really, really like benefit the film, and you could do something totally different that we haven't seen having like those two as a co-leaded pirates film versus like just focusing on Jack Sparrow there's way more potential to do something different and i think that the like from a diversity angle of actually having female heroes which we don't see a lot of in the disney films like we see a lot of disney princesses but we don't necessarily see them as action heroines i think that would be a nice step in the right direction you could even bring back like will and elizabeth if you really wanted to and have them as side characters but i think it's a right move to move in that direction. Employing the Men in Black International logic. I like it. Uh, but, um, <laughs> that pitch sounds like Pitch Perfect Men in Black International. <laughs> they had such a good rapport in this movie. We could bring it on, carry it on this franchise. But I've been saying this longer <laughs> than that, and I think that no, I with know. the right writers, it could be done correctly. I mean, sure, but I, honestly, just, just, just go look for some fucking treasure. That's all I want you to goddamn do. Go look for some goddamn treasure. Like, I don't need Dude, you to they did it in the last two movies. It didn't help. No, they didn't. Like, I don't need you looking for the fucking Fountain of Youth or the goddamn That's still technically treasure, no, whether no, you like it no, or not. No, 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 PJ, no. Listen, listen. <laughs> it's still fucking treasure. I feel, I feel like the fucking, the fucking <laughs> pixie in the Zelda movie. Hey, hey, look, hey, listen, hey. Look. You're the worst. You're the worst. Uh, but... Yeah, like, why, why do we need to, like... Why, why, why do we need this all complicated plot? Because you're, you're pirates. Just go fight other pirates and go... Go go find the treasure of Secret Mountain or whatever the fuck. I don't care. But uh, look, uh, Craig Ma Craig Mays and his past his past ventures aside, I think this is actually a kind of exciting prospect with him writing at Peter Fuse Diffuse give me a junior mint just just for the record. Uh, regardless, no word on when this is going to come out, but if this is going to come out, keep in mind uh, the Deadpool writers Paul Wernick and Brett Reese just exited this project. Just exited like a year ago. For better, well, I mean, it's been a while. Re relatively, I, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember, but uh, relatively recently, re for better or worse. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll see uh, where this new pirate reboot goes. And uh, you know, while we're on the subject of Disney, uh, we need to talk about this. Uh, uh, David Benioff and DB Weiss, Game of Thrones writers and creators, have just exited. Uh, their Star Wars trilogy. They were going to be do the new one. It was going to be their trilogy that came out in the years 2022, 2024, and 2026. I guess that's no longer happening. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> as the only person here who's actually watched Game of Thrones all the way through, I do think this is a blow. My, my thoughts on the, finals, on the final season aside, uh, I do think 
Dan and Dave did create something. They, they did do a really good job with that kind of type of material on that kind of show. I was excited to see what they could have done with a Star Wars film. PJ's shaking his head right now. <laughs> I, because I don't think it's a blow. Really? I think this is the kind of shit that people forget happens all the time in Hollywood. And the only reason we're paying attention to it is because there's still that fervent hate around The Last Jedi that has people like honed in on the stuff that Kathleen Kennedy is doing. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying not, like... Not you. I'm talking no, about... But, but I'm, not, I'm not saying like... I do think it's a blow to lose, to good, to lose good creatives. Sure, but the, here's, here's my, like, my whole thing on this. Is that, for me at least... Movies go through creative teams all the time, and it's better now to kill these projects cold in their tracks before we've even shot anything. Like, you don't want another solo situation. You don't want another Rogue One it situation. Is, it is only known here as Dice, sir. It's, it's Dice, a Star Wars story here. Look, both of you, regardless, <laughs> regardless of your bullshit Dice... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said it. What do you mean? They, they, they pushed the dice in that movie hard. Anyway, they want they they want them to be known for dice. At Seriously. the end of the day, and, La- and Lando's sex spot. How dice many, and Lando's sex spot, a Star Wars movie. How many <laughs> creative teams did a movie like Batman v Superman go through until Snyder got it? I don't know. Tell me a lot. Probably, a lot, probably. Wolfgang I, Peterson I, was going to do it before he did Air Force One. That would that would have been hilarious. Like, legitimately, think about that stuff. People who forget. Would, who would that have been? Val Kilmer versus... Superman Returns is another great version. How many people were involved in Superman Returns before it became Superman Returns? Kevin Smith, Tim Burton, J.J. Abrams, yeah. Mick G. Like, this stuff is so typical, and it only feels like people are focused on it, for better or worse, because it's because Kathleen it's Kennedy, Wars. and it's Star Wars. And it sucks, because this is, like, a really normal thing, and she doesn't want a solo situation again. Like, th- no, that you just don't. So... Is it a bummer? Yes. But at the same time, I would much rather it happen now before it got farther. Yeah. It, it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me to be so upset about it because we don't even know what the pitch was. Like, we know nothing about it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's logically upset if you wanted to see a Dan and Dave Star Wars movie, which I did. I yeah, was really excited fine. for it. But also, the internet turned on them real quick over the last couple of days, too, because of that Twitter thread where they talked about that they didn't know anything about Game of Thrones and, like, making TV until they made it. Like, that whole that whole thing with them became so funny. toxic so quickly that, at the same time, you kind of... It, it had no bearing on what happened, but you also could be like, there's an easy reason why they announced it when they did. Because they'd, they'd already been off the project since, like, May... So it'd been a while. Oh, had they? Yeah, the Variety said it had been like a while since they hadn't really been on it. Oh, okay. So that wow, they, they kept that under under good wraps. Wow. Yeah, and so because of that, and the like having Mandalorian drop a trailer, then all that stuff with them happened like the day before. It was like, well, we have the goodwill of the Mandalorian trailer. We might as well release this May now. As well. <laughs> so that's kind of what they did. And at the end of the day. I'm kind of glad that they did because I don't want us getting boxed into a situation where this is a problem. We've had one really, really, really problematic Star Wars production under Kennedy, and that was Solo. Like, Rogue One had its issues, but, you know, they played ball and the movie was good. Solo was the only one where it was like, no, everything was kind of a fucking mess from, like, day one, and it should have been reined in. It's better to kill this stuff now than it is to keep moving forward. Okay, so, Russell, as someone who has seen at least ten episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, first of all, were you excited by the prospect of uh, them doing a Star Wars film? And if so, what do you feel about this news? I mean, I was just because of the fact I've seen their storytelling through 
a season of Game of Thrones, you know what I mean? So I see what they could do, you know, pushing a, a film, you know, a film trilogy idea, which I thought was kind of curious, you know, to watch just because of the fact the sheer success of Game of Thrones minus the last season. And I think that's another thing that's really drawing me away from watching all of it. You don't it. want to go to the last one? That's where I'm Seriously. at, too. Okay, because come on. it's like I, I don't want to like like it so much to be let down because I already know that everybody else is let down. So it's like, why do I want to put myself through that okay, journey? Regard, regardless down? of the quality of the last season, you can say what you want about okay. it. God knows yeah. I have. That's still anyway. seven great seasons of TV. No, I know, but then there's also no, yeah. the other side where I like I understand where Russell's coming from as the person just going into right. this, and then there's the other side of that where everyone fucking hates the ending, but because I'm not invested in any sort of way and I kind of know people were let down, if I watch it and then I enjoy it, then I'm going to get called an idiot for liking the last season. Yeah. yeah. How it goes. You know what I mean? Like, So there's yeah. almost no winning in this situation. It's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. yeah. Just, well, guys, just watch, this. just watch the show. It's such a great show. Uh, but <laughs> either way, I'm very curious, because those, those stars movies are still dated for, for uh, 2022 to 2026. I'm curious what they do now. If they go to Ryan and be like, hey, yo, uh, can you speed it up a little bit? <laughs> Because there was no, there was a lot of like flip flop whether or not Ryan was actually going to do it, but now I'm assuming he has to because that's all they have now. Unless that's they try, well, I mean, well, let's probably know. Unless they go, Kendi- or, no, Feige's. Oh, Feige. Okay, I didn't know if they were working the same thing, but like we don't, we don't know how far Feige is. I feel like Ryan. I feel like Ryan's further along the idea process. Well, that's probably true, but I mean, there's de- there's definitely plenty of ways that they can do this. Although Feige making a trilogy, I, th- I, th- I thought we were told it was just one movie. <laughs> It said it was the beginning of the new era of Star Wars. Okay, well, either, so either way. Either way, it's like a pretty massive undertaking no matter what. Um, I, I assume that they're going to lean on Ryan or they're just going to let, you know, just kind of like sit it out for a little bit, find other movies to fill in those dates, and just like let Star Wars take a breather until they're ready. Like Ryan can work on his until it's ready, and they can also work on the Feige one until it's ready and let the TV shows kind of do the talking for Star Wars, which is probably the better move in the long run. I mean, we, we, can, we can just make more Star Wars stories. We got Hut, a Star Wars story. God, I hate you. Gungans, a Star Wars story. <laughs> uh, I, I wish PJ was here when we were making fun of the Bond 25 title. Oh, my I Lord. fucking we, we, hate yeah. that title. Oh, <laughs> uh, we ha- Huh? I hate that title. No I hate that poster, too. You, we hate it, too. Like We hate it, too, yeah. Look, here's... I, I'm going to tangent this real quick. I mean, we ha- we're supposed to- we should have had a Bond trailer already. By the way, this fucking thing comes out in April. Oh no, we we, we had we had that uh we had that backstage featurette which lo- looked like a viral <laughs> campaign for Corona Light. I am so like a music video. <laughs> I am so beyond frustrated with this whole production <laughs> and everything about it. Like this does not feel like it even needed to happen. Did we not say well more than enough with Spectre at this point with Craig's run? Like that series started so fucking great with Casino Royale and has not at all been able to capture that magic again no matter how many times that they've tried like dude enough is enough I kind of wish that they had just rebooted it like I hope I love this movie but so far like everything about it has me so bitter and so angry that I just don't care well Bond 25 Electric Boogaloo is still coming out unfortunately Bond 25 like how we but like we said, though, uh, every other Bond film you know, is pretty good. So hopefully, this this every odd every odd every odd, every odd, every odd one good. lands. 
So, so maybe maybe it works out in this way. I'm not hopeful. I know. Neither are Cause, we. Because Skyfall was good. I like, yeah, I like Skyfall a lot. Really Skyfall's good. I don't think it's aging as well as it should. Like, Casino Royale is clearly still the pinnacle of this franchise that as far true. as that like, is, no, Craig's agreed, run. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... He's he's a, he's a, like the slightly better version of Pierce Brosnan, where he started off great and then just descended. And it's so been 15 fast. years, almost. But yeah. I but I I think Craig Craig's Bond way better than Brosnan's though. Well, I, you can't even put, yeah. can't compare them. Look, no matter how bad these movies are, Craig has been good in all of them at least. Like oh, even Spectre. He, he, it's just sh- shitty shitty writing is what it is. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just it's bad writing. I mean, it's not him. He's putting everything he can into it. We can talk about Spectre some other time. But regardless, no, no, uh, no, wait. Do you not like him, Inspector? No, I think no. I think he's fucking bored out of his mind. See, I don't. I just think it's the writing. I think that I think there was, writing. yeah, I don't think there was anything else for him to do, and I think it was also hard that it was written that it was supposed to be both Roger Moore and Daniel Craig. Like, doesn't time fly? And then she slides the watch across the floor. I don't think it's him. I think it's the writing. <laughs> Fucking throw it, goddamn it! <laughs> doesn't time scoot? You're the worst. That that's clearly the writing, motherfucker. No, that's clearly the writing. But like, <laughs> I see that point too with Bond with Craig being bored out of his mouth. First of all, he wants he wants to kill himself every day making those movies. Uh, it's something I'll point out when I'm talking about like Craig being uninvested. A scene where like towards the end, where Bond's trying to get Blofeld and he's just walking. I'm just like, dude. Fucking There's him. also direction that he's given by people like Sam Mendes. Like he just does what he's told. Walk. Okay. Okay, Craig. I want you to walk. Across the hallway. I'm pretty sure it's been Mendes Mexican. I was going to say, is Javier Bardem talking to him? James Bond, James Bond, I want you to walk down the hallway. And I want you to call, on, I want you to take the coin toss. God, I really on, hate what those films have become. Come I on, understand. friendo. Come on, come, come on, friendo. Uh, so, yeah, uh, regardless, regardless of who's working on the next Star Wars movies, we know we are getting some... We'll be getting our next Star Wars film after Rise of Skywalker in the year 2022. Oh, where we all, boy. Hey, keep in mind, we're also alternating with Avatar. So, I mean, Yay. could be worse. Could be worse. Yay. We'll get that going. Navi. Yay. Blue people. Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Yay. <laughs> Pandora. Yay. I just Yay. don't care. No, no, nobody. Nobody does. Except James Cameron. Except James Cameron. But it's James Cameron. What are you going to do? Uh, next piece of news talking about right now. Uh, speaking, well, speaking of Game of Thrones, we have some Game of Thrones prequel news. First of all, the prequel starring Naomi Watts was just canned. Which uh, funny, I, th- I, I always was under the impression that may- maybe like I got in something in my head. I thought that was was a straight to series order, but apparently I was wrong about that. But well, something that did get a straight to series order was another one: uh, Game of Thrones House of, I think it's like House of the Dragon or House of Fire. It sounds like a Bruce Lee movie, <laughs> but. Uh, regardless, we are getting Game of Thrones prequels, which I mean, I will solely talk about this one because now that you watch the show, uh, I'm I'm mostly bummed that the Naomi one, Naomi Watts one, got canceled because of Naomi Watts, and I feel like she needs a win. We were robbed of more Naomi Watts in the world. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. We were robbed of Naomi Watts in stuff. I, she I, was so good at Mulholland Drive, man. She was. She's good in everything. She was, I mean. She, she really is. Again, I really think it's it's just the direction, the writing that that really flaw her. I mean, she's a really good actress. I mean, I'm shocked that the one that was written by Jane Goldman of all people was the one they were like, nah, fuck that thing, and they like tossed it aside because Jane Goldman's writing with Matthew Vaughn has always been like super wonderful. When you look at Stardust, you look at Kingsman, you look at all the stuff that they kind of worked on together. 
she's a really good writer. So I'm really, really yeah. surprised that of all the ones they were like, nah, like screw that one. That's not the one we want. And S.J. Clarkson directed that pilot, and that was the thing she left to do because Star Trek fell apart. Like that's what she went to do, and now no one's gonna see it. Like it just baffles me. And this, and they had like it had a really like solid cat. Well, I mean, solid in the like is not for a sense. <laughs> it had a cast. In that, like, it had a bunch of actors. I'm sure we're all like really excited. Like, yeah, it's gonna be the Game of Thrones show. Fuck, it's not going anywhere. Like, like, like <laughs> Naomi, Naomi Aki, who is gonna be in Rise of Skywalker, was right. gonna be in this show. And now, and now she is just not. Also, Alex Sharp, who I think wasn't. Yeah, he was in the Hustle, which means his career is just all kinds of messed up. I feel bad for this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, just so many. Oh, Miranda Richardson was was also. She was also in the cast. Like so many actors who were casting this, who I'm sure were, <laughs> I'm sure were like prepped and ready to be in Game of Thrones. It's like I, I, th- I feel bad for all these guys. I really do. At the end of the day, it feels like a very blatant move to make a show that's more tied to the original Game of Thrones. Yes, and, than that, and, this and, one that, was. and that was the thing. This one was going to be a complete standalone, like in in the past. I think it's going to be like in the distant past, like, like a thousand years before. Or yeah, something. this this new one's only going to be like three hundred. It's going to be focused on the Targaryens, so the white haired people. For those of you who don't watch it. PJ. I knew who they were. Uh, I thank you, asshole. I, I, I mean, I got to pop shots to you. I got to pop shots to you when I can. Uh, but it must be nice to not have a studio to record out of next week. I mean, I, w- I won't. Have, I won't have to know that feeling. So, <laughs> uh, re- regardless, <laughs> uh, I do think this is a low blow. Uh, sucks for Naomi Watts. Sucks for anybody involved for in, in that. Uh, and the timing of the one. news couldn't have been worse. Like, it oh, came it off of all the stuff already going on with Benioff and Weiss. Like, it just seems so ill-timed to announce that, that everyone was like, what the fuck is happening? And I even said as much, and a uh, friend of the show, Jason Inman, was like, what are you talking about what's happening? This happens all the time. And I was like, yeah, I know it does, but it's just like the timing of it was not, so not weird. Like back-to-back like this. Right. It was just bizarre, and but I mean, literally at the end of the day of announcing one cancellation, they you know announced the other series. So I guess it really didn't matter. Yeah. So uh, regardless, sucks, but we'll see how uh, the we'll see how Game of Thrones the Bruce Lee story goes. Uh, next, next thing, and this is a I say this for last because this is a pretty big story because it's actually a bunch of little stories compiled into one. There was a HBO Max kind of like not press release, like it was like a. Like an investors meeting slash like media rollout, kind of that. It was just a big announcement of all the things that were going to be coming to HBO Max in the near future uh, at launch. We already got, we got a launch date. It's going to be launching May 2020, so next year. And uh, we do get a bunch of a bunch of things that are going to be on the series. We're not going to go. Th- I'm not going to go through all of it, but I'm going to go through just like the major things. First of all, uh, as we know, all the HBO shows are going to be. They're gonna be they're gonna be uh, on the service, of course. So you're gonna get you know your Sex in the Cities, your Sopranos, your Ozes, your True Bloods, your Wires, Deadwood, Dead, your Deadwoods, all, all gonna be on not there. Entourage, not oh Entourage too, Sheriff. Why not? Basically, it looked like from what I could, I watched the whole meeting. By the way, uh, yeah, that you did. Um, and watching it, like they were very clear that the reason that they went to HBO to begin with was really because as like the flagship is that HBO has equaled quality for so long for the most part. So of all the things that they wanted to make sure that was there, like the entire back catalog of HBO things, as far as like the original series and stuff, 
are all going to be there. I'm going to assume that means like some of the stand-up specials and stuff might be missing because there's probably rights things around some of them, like the Carlins and the yeah. Jerry Seinfelds and things like that. But their announcement seemed to indicate that like the Ali G show should be on there, and you know anything that you can think of, Larry Sanders, like all of that should be there. Is if it was an HBO series. It should be on this service. You also need some new shows. I mean, first of all, you got uh, the uh, Jordan Peele's Lovecraft County. Mm-hmm. Will be will be on there. Uh, we got the with, new, and that's a Abrams one too. Yes, it is. You have the uh, Art Robert Downey Jr. produced, sadly not starring Perry Mason reboot mm-hmm. is coming is coming to the HBO Max series. Uh, all something that I'm like, okay, this this is where you get my money. All 50 seasons of Sesame Street will be on this series. Legitimately fucking awesome. That, no, that is fantastic. Um, I had this conversation yesterday with a couple of people because I was like, that's huge. And they were like, it's really not. And I was like, no, you guys don't understand. Like, the appeal of this service just became tenfold for educators across the country and across the world, as well as families. Like, Sesame Street to adults, maybe not, like, it may not be a draw to you. But for educators and things like that, this just became an instant purchase to have 50 years worth of Sesame Street in one place because that is used all the time still in schools and, you know, things like that. Like, people love Sesame Street for the educational purposes. This just became an educational tool in a way that no other service is going to have. That is true. And, uh, Russell, I mean, you, you're, you, 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 have a, you have a young daughter, young, young impressionable kid. Uh, you're going to have her, you know, HBO Max, learning learn the letters and the numbers I mean, I wouldn't mind because she does like Sesame Street. We watch, you know, uh, obviously the newer Sesame Street. But I mean, I grew up watching Sesame Street along with um, where they now have, where they now have autistic Muppets, which was very, which yes. is a very good lesson to teach kids. But I mean, I just I enjoyed it. And I, like I said, it was a pinnacle of me growing up. Like I said, with that and Mr. Mine Rogers too. neighborhood. Mine too. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. Again, this when does this roll out next year? May twenty twenty. May 2020. So, yeah, I mean, it might be something to obviously look into just because of the educational factor. I can see what PJ said, though. That makes sense that educators across the you know, the world would be clinging to that because, again, yeah, it's, it's, 50, it's 50 years of this. That's a, that's a ton. Which, 50 Ru- seasons, yeah, ton. Which, uh, Russell, I mean, look, if, if it's not selling you, oh, we, we got some more stuff. Oh, do we have some more? Uh, <laughs> in addition to the all 50 seasons of Sesame Street, uh, Elmo will also be receiving his own talk show. And it's a late night talk show. And it's a late night talk show too. Oh wow! Actually, it's called the, it's called the not not so late talk show. I, but it's clearly like a modeled after the late shows, that which is, is what I love. That's fun. That's funny. Yeah. So uh, we have that. Uh, all, see, all Lord of the Rings will be going on there. Uh, the Matrix, the Matrix, The Conjuring, the Lego movies, Gremlins, both Gremlins, which we are getting a new Gremlins animated TV show. Which I think. I think that's the fitting move. I mean, considering Gremlins 2, the new batch is already a cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is of itself. Maybe. It's a live action version of Looney Tunes. That it is. It really is. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of Looney Tunes, we're also getting, uh, you know, they're getting all the classic Looney Tunes, at least the ones that you can still show nowadays. Well, that was what I was going to bring up earlier is that my curiosity around this, because they were very like specific that it was going to be all Looney Tunes. So for me, that means that we're probably going to do what they did on the DVDs and Blu rays when they released them. And it. Like, if you watch it, it'll probably have, like, a thing at the beginning where it goes, you know, these were made of the times, like, we are not editing it for content. Like, we want these to be shown and preserved in the way that they were made. Um, you just have to kind of accept where they're from at that time. I, 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 I would double feature some old Looney Tunes and the, 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 the uh, 
Donald Duck cartoon where he became a Nazi. I think that this is going to be like the stark contrast between HBO Max and Disney Plus and the ethics of both companies in a way is if Disney doesn't do the same thing, like say Disney doesn't put any of the shorts on there, or if they do, they like choose select ones versus just being forward with their past and WB is forward with their past. Like there's kind of a conversation to be had about one company being open and like not censoring themselves in their original content. And I think that at least for me, that makes HBO plus or HBO max more appealing and WB overall more appealing than Disney. And that's because I think that at least they're being honest. That's fair. And you know, who's to say what Disney's going to be doing, but we got some more stuff on HBO. Uh, like I said, all in on DC. All live action DC from the last decade will be available on HBO Max in the first year of launch. It doesn't say at the time of launch, so maybe there's going to be another slow rollout. But yeah, they're going to have all Superman movies, all Batman movies. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to reignite the whole release the Snyder Cut campaign. It's already started. Of course it has. It doesn't help that Junkie XL came out yesterday and said he had finished the score for the movie. God damn And you. so because he said that now, the internet's on fire again, saying that the cut has clearly always been done and all these things, when in actuality people don't always understand that sometimes filmmakers score movies before they have all the footage. Like, they can score off of the scenes the way they're reading them and things like that. Like, John Williams famously did the entire score for Attack of the Clones without seeing any of the movie for the most part. Uh, that that that's a true that's a trooper right there. Yeah, so I mean that stuff is possible. People just really want the Snyder cut still. Uh, I, I, I hate Snyder fans. I really do. <laughs> uh, Don't speak- say it too loud. Yeah, <laughs> say it through. Say it three times. It'll appear. Uh, also, also coming uh, in the in the realm of DC, Doom Patrol season two is going to go straight to HBO Max. I think. The DC Universe streaming service is going to get rolled in. So, Russell, if we're if we're going to do our whole uh, DC DC Universe special, we got to do it now before 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 the series is no more. The service Seriously. is no more. Uh, also coming in a new uh, a new series from Elizabeth Banks, a new DC series from Elizabeth Banks, which will uh, a DC superhero high school show. Which will show the high school lives of some of our favorite superheroes, which I think this, the idea sounds ridiculous. Wasn't <laughs> that Smallville? <laughs> I mean, no, no, but no, it's, it's going to be Smallville, but everyone's superhero. In fact, they actually tried uh, this once. There was a pitch for a show, an animation, like, way back in like, 2009, called Gotham High, that oh, was going to have, like, it's going to be like Batman was in high school, like, Robert, with Barbara Gordon, and Clayface, and Two Face. <laughs> And the I Joker still remember the high school. I still remember all the concept art for that stuff. It's like still, it was kind of cool. If you, yeah. if you look it up, it's 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 as stupid as the idea sounds. The the, the designs were really cool. The designs were cool. Like Mister Freeze looked like uh, Fillmore from the Disney, from the Disney show, <laughs> except he was blue. Uh, yeah, so uh, that that's I think that's really I think this idea sounds ridiculous. But I can't wait to see it. Uh, n- next one. This this is a huge get. They paid. $500 million to get the exclusive streaming rights to South Park. So it's actually on Hulu right now. I guess that's no longer going to be a part of it, considering that's a whole Disney thing now. But yeah, they will now be the exclusive streaming site, streaming uh, home to, to South Park, which that is, that is a huge gag, considering just like the, the amount of content you have right there, the amount of history South Park has just as, an, as a show. As a cultural touchstone, I think that's I think that's a great get. I also think it's really telling about Viacom because you know Viacom and Paramount just had their merger, 
and they part of that was so that they could like kind of fix CBS All Access and make it like an overall bigger Viacom type product. And South Park has been on Comedy Central its entire run, which is a Viacom-owned company, and has always been Paramount-based. So it's a pretty massive blow to Paramount to lose something like that for their upcoming streaming service like or relaunch or whatever they want to do because that would have been the obvious home for it. What else, what else I think is a, is a big blow is the fact that this this deal was made after WB sold off the rights to the Spielberg cartoons because mm-hmm. the Animaniacs reboot is already set for a Hulu release. Yep, they already have that. So I feel I feel like they're looking like it's like fuck. Why 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 do we not hold out a little longer? Well, at the same time though, they are going in on their own animation. Like, they are. You know, we've seen obviously like the one you just talked about with Elizabeth Banks. Actually, I don't know if that one's animated. That might be live. That'd action. That'd be live action I don't because know it's Elizabeth animated. Banks. That's true. But when you look at, they're talking about they're bringing back Adventure Time um, for four specials. Which I'm not entirely enthused. Oh, four specials? Yeah, it's not a series. It's oh, four specials. Okay. I, thought, I thought they were bringing it back for another season. No, no, no. So it's four like TV specials slash movies, essentially. And so they're doing that. And then you also have um, the Gremlins one, which you brought up. But also, they're going all in on the Hanna-Barbera stuff. And they're also doing a Jellystone That's series. That's right. They are. They are doing a Jellystone series. So, uh, Russell, for all, you, for all you people of the older generation, these are bringing back your cartoons. Well, and the <laughs> Jellystone is interesting because it's not just Yogi Bear. Like, you hear Jellystone, you immediately think of Yogi and Boo Boo. They're in it, but so is literally everyone else. So, Hanna, apparently... Hanna-Barbera Hanna Avengers. Yeah, basically. It's kind of what they pitched it as. Which, which basically, aren't they already doing that with, with, the, with the Scooby-Doo movie next year? That's what it sounds like, yeah, because Captain Caveman's in it, and the, so is the Blue, Fal- the Blue Falcon. Yeah, they, I'm not super pumped about that movie to be honest me neither um especially because they're treating it as a scooby-doo prequel which like we already did that with a pup named scooby-doo it was great like we don't need to do that again so please don't uh something something that i know will not get russell in the door and me neither uh but something i think was really interesting the fact that they will be doing a uh i think like a bi-monthly or like or like every Three months. They're going to have an anime selection that's curated by the people who do Crunchyroll. But I think that mm-hmm. is a huge, that's, that's a, a huge, huge get. Which I think that also scratches an itch that Disney Plus won't because they're not, they're not going to go anywhere near anime. Netflix was the only one doing that. Yes. And the thing that came with this was that Studio Ghibli is bringing their entire catalog over for the first time ever on any streaming service, which is kind of a, another massive blow to Disney in a way because. Disney for a long time owned the Studio Ghibli stuff. Like they were the ones who were putting it out here in America. So the fact that they let that lapse and now it's at Warner Brothers in like this massive deal and people are so excited. That was a massive oversight on their part. Yeah, I would agree. So Russell, uh, are, are you excited to you know get get your get your anime it scratched with with HBO Max? Uh, probably not because I don't watch that stuff. Uh, you know, sorry, Paul Yama, but we, yeah, we, I just, we, we I got we got Dragon stuff. Balls and Hero Academias. I literally never watch any of that Dragon Ball, none of that stuff. I never, I just, I, I don't know what those words I, mean. I, I just really think it was the fact that I was just older at the time. Like, you, know, you figure I'm thirty, I'm thirty six. I figure what? When did Dragon Ball come out? I have no idea. Like, it's 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 so weird to track with the Dragon Ball because yeah, it premiered, it like premiered was, in Japan in like the nineties or eighties, and like that, and that like that incarnation didn't get to the yeah. states until like two. So I feel like I was like that. That ship sailed past me. I think is what what happened. I just never got into it, like Pokemon and stuff, like all that stuff. I never got into any of that stuff. So was I the only one who actually watched Dragon Ball back in the day? No, I I, I, I watched Dragon. 
talking about. Okay, because I definitely watched it on Toonami. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mostly I, I got the most of my knowledge of Dragon Ball from the Dragon Ball Z video games, which were actually really fun. Uh, but something that is interesting that I think that I think is a throwback to like old school cartoons. Uh, we're getting a little Ellen DeGeneres show, which will follow her childhood as a seven year old in New Orleans. Which that's a, that's like a big throwback to like I remember remember though that age when celebrities used to have cartoons. Yeah, Bobby's World. Yeah. Bobby's World. Didn't Roseanne have a show? Yeah. Uh, Louis Anderson had one. Louis Anderson. Had Louis one. Anderson. Yep. There was a couple. Wasn't of it li- wasn't it Life of Louis? Life yeah, of Louis, Life, yeah, Life with Louis. Life of Louis. Yeah, yeah throwing yeah, back yeah. to the age where celebrities had cartoons. We're doing that again, but this time with Ellen DeGeneres. She has quite a few projects. She has on a here. few things on here. There's a couple reality shows she's producing. There's couple, like a whole couple scripted thing. shows. Yeah, like I think I counted. I was going along. I was like, she has like five or six productions yeah. of her own stuff. But WB. I think that's smart because I feel like she's at her peak right now. I feel right. like she has a bigger following than she's ever had before. Yeah, w- oh, it's 100% smart. WB is going to be keeping Ellen gamefully employed for the next several, several years. Well, they've been I mean, for this whole they time. They have been. WB has been paying Ellen since the 90s, so it fits. But I'm sa- but I'm saying, like, now I feel like with – I mean, the, sh- the Ellen show was, like, popular, but I'm thinking now, like, with her talk show – like she's really reached a more of a more audience. Right. You know I mean, I think she's a bigger icon than she was previously. Like I'm talking like, remember when she put out shit movies like Mr. Wrong or whatever with uh, right. Bill Pullman? Oh, I remember that movie. It was like, yeah, yeah now not, look not, at her. not very good. Like her talk show, her Netflix special was huge. That's true. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like yeah, I feel like she's like this is like she's capitalizing. Like she's smart. She's a you know businesswoman. You know? Yeah, no, smart. she's a very smart person. I think she made the right call. Uh, so yeah, some, for sure, absolutely. Something that really excites me for this new service, it's tuned out. So what this is, is this is going to be a live-action animation hybrid uh, hybrid type series with Looney Tunes characters. And it's going to be it's being developed by Robert Zemeckis, who, of course, did Roger Rabbit. So basically, this is Roger Rabbit, the TV show, except they can't use Roger Rabbit. So did you see who the lead is? Uh, who's the lead? Christopher Lloyd. No fucking shit. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd is the lead. Wow. So, yeah, this basically is Roger Rabbit the show minus Roger Rabbit because they can't use him. Yeah, apparently it follows a guy who's having some sort of, like, life crisis, and as he's dealing with it, he starts to see the Looney Tunes characters coming to life in his mind and in his life. Huh. Um, I, feel, I feel like, you know you know who should be a star of that show? Huh. Gary Busey. Or Nick Nolte. Gary Busey's too busy being on Impractical Jokers. Is it, was he on that show? Apparently, he's on it quite frequently. Ryan tells me about it all the time. What the hell? Speaking of Practical Jokers, all all of that's going to be on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. But speaking of which, yeah, uh, I think I think this concept sounds really cool. Uh, I think that this this could be the better version of the Bonkers TV show. Dude, Bonkers <laughs> is actually great. Like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it isn't. I loved that show growing up. Of course you did. Oh, boy. Dude, you have such weird tastes sometimes. Take, take the goggles off. Bonkers is not very good. But, but Russell, you hear, the, you hear this concept tuned out from Robert Zemeckis. What, 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 do, what do you think? Does that, that, does that intrigue you? I mean, a little bit. But, I, I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Sure. sure. Why not? Sure. I mean, I don't know. I give anything a chance. I mean, Christopher Lloyd's good. I like him. It's gonna be nice to see him at the forefront again. Yeah, of something. It's been a while since we've seen him at the forefront of anything. Uh, something that I was excited for, then got infinitely less excited when I when I read the synopsis. Uh, Tokyo Vice, which I thought was a spinoff of Miami Vice. It turns out that that's not the case. Uh, Tokyo Vice is going to be an action series that follows a young American journalist who dies in the dangerous world of the Tokyo Underground. Uh, which was Ansel Elgort trying to... Has he ever worked with Warner Bros. before? Uh, 
not off the top of my head. Yeah, wait, no. Who made uh, Fault in Our Stars? That was Lionsgate? Yeah, it sounds right, actually. It's probably Lionsgate. So I don't think so, not at least off the top of my head. And I can't remember the last time Michael Mann really worked with Warner Brothers either. Is that, was that Michael? Is that a Michael Mann show? Yeah, he's directing the pilot and everything. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, so let's see. Uh, let's see, Love Life, a new Anna Kendrick anthology series, which I'm not sure if it's an anthology if Anna Kendrick's the lead all the way through. That's weird. Uh, well, that's depending. She may be in every episode, but she may not be the focal point of every episode. Okay, maybe. Uh, we're getting a go- Gossip Girls coming back, which if you're a millennial, if you're a millennial teenage girl, congrats. Yeah, between that and the, I think is it uh, not nine oh two one? Oh, the OC. Ryan was very excited about those announcements. Oh, the, the OCs. The OC is a shit. I'll I'll jump in on. Oh, uh, you you it, like Michael Campbell yeah. when he heard the when he heard the OC is going to be on this one. That's oh, why yeah. I knew. Okay, he's got your they got your fucking money because well, uh, well, Michael's no, a big OC I, guy. I have all four seasons on DVD, so it really doesn't was there really only four? It was only yeah. OC? I thought it was longer than that. No, nah, it was only four. No, I'm pretty sure it was wow, four. I didn't know that. Okay. Huh. Oh, yeah. Also, only... also coming back to combat uh, Disney Plus's High School Musical, the musical, the series. We are getting Grease, Rydell High, which is funny that the thing that started out as a Grease 3 script is not competing with a Grease show. I uh, just don't know why. And I love Grease, and I just don't know why. I, I, I'm a little less enthused by Grease, and I don't know why either. Like, I just can't understand the point of all this. Russell, you like Grease? What, what? <laughs> yeah, I can't Grease, either. I, I love Grease. We should just let that kind of stuff go, though. Yeah, right? Like, do something yeah. else. Like, you could do a high school set musical... And it would be fine. You don't have. I know that the popular studio think is to make sure you're using IPs. But didn't we say enough with Grease too? Like, didn't we do that already? Didn't we say enough with Grease too? And then uh, with Grease, Grease Live with Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, like I, I just don't see the point. That, w- in that this. was a train wreck. Oh, that was hilarious. Like uh, I, I don't understand this mindset. Like, look, it could be great. I, I'll give it a chance. I just, I also find it really hard to imagine doing continual musical TV series. Like, that means you have to be writing new music all the time. Yeah, It's, it's not, hard yeah. to keep up with. Yeah, it's not like Glee, where they just borrow, for they, just, they use other songs. You have to keep writing shit. Yeah, it just doesn't seem, like, unless it's a miniseries, like, with a finite beginning and end, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. Like, the only people who, who succeeded at that format are the guys who did Face and Ferb, because there's a new episode, there's a new song every episode. And and they're and they're all great, and they succeeded at it. Uh, this <laughs> good luck with this one. But if, but Phine- Phineas and Ferb was what only a half hour cartoon though, right? Yeah, this is this is I have no idea how long it's going to be. I'm assuming I'm assuming so, it's going to be a 45 minute TV show. But still, that, that puts more pressure on the writers for that for songwriters and stuff like. There's no way that that, that they can make that last like that though. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, also, also in the realm of DC news, uh, Greg Berlant he's developing some new shows. First of which, he's doing a show on Adam Strange. Uh, you'd rec- I know that's not a you know it's not a name you'd probably rec- recognize Russell, but you- I know you'd recognize a picture of this guy. He's okay. the he's the he's the fucker who wears red who has a jetpack. I'm just- I probably are you sending this to yeah, me? Yeah, I'll send I'll send you a picture. But uh, also uh, also coming to the DC streaming service, a Green Lantern TV show, which. I'll admit I was a little disappointed by the fact that because I love the Green Lantern character, I, I was hoping we'd get another Green Lantern movie. Uh, I I think there was, there's a lot of potential with that, especially because I wanted Tom Cruise to play the Green Lantern, and that was you know that was on me. Uh, but I do think that I, I mean you could there's a lot you could do with the Green Lantern TV show, so I'm not going to outright dismiss the possibility. 
and I, I just wish it were a movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would look forward to a Green Lantern television show. Kind of just to echo what you said, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind another film. Like, actually, one that's done a lot better. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we get a TV show, that's the only exposure we get to Green Lantern, you know. I'm all right with it. I also just sent you a picture of Adam Strange. See if you recognize the guy. Nah, let's see her. Uh, but yeah, uh, P- <laughs> PJ, the Green Lantern, Adam Strange TV shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you recognize the guy, right? Yep. The the the, the, yep. dickhead, the dickhead with the, with the jetpack. I'm pretty excited yes. about Green Lantern. Um, I've heard rumblings for a little while that it was kind of in the works. It sounds like part of what they were going to do with the movie has kind of been folded into this. I don't think that the Jeff Johns movie is happening now. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I knew it wasn't happening. Um, the, it, it's, it's, oh, no, it's, it's still got a date for next year. It's coming out May next year. It's, the, it's happening, guys. The weird thing for me is more that Berlanti is involved with this one, too, which makes me wonder, specifically with the way that they were being really cagey about it. Arrowverse. It's an Arrowverse movie. Show. Oh, Jesus. Like, I'm 95% oh, sure, because they're being so cagey about where it's set, how it's set, who's the star. Like, and I've I've heard rumors that somewhere in this last season of Arrow they're setting up Green Lantern stuff. So if that's the case and it's somehow done in Crisis, this is completely in the realm of possibility that they're trying to get that Arrowverse audience to come over. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to be true because Berlanti also does Doom Patrol. So Doom Patrol is definitely way different than all the other Arrowverse stuff and is not in that world. But there's always the potential for it to be. Yeah, I really hope not with the, with the Arrowverse. I am so I am so checked out from that universe. I'm, I'm sure Russell hasn't even started yet, so we're, you're already not going to get him. I was going to say I never checked into the universe, so yeah. <laughs> I checked in and then I, a few seasons and I checked out. I'm just like this is this this is tedious and it kind of goes. I, I I drove I drove past it. <laughs> I drove past. It's like ooh, should I stop here? Nah, I'm good. It's like no, nah, I don't need gas right now. I'm good. I'm keep driving. <laughs> I keep going. I, I still got a full tank left. <laughs> Uh, also coming to also coming to HBO Max. Uh, another blow to Netflix because it looks like what might be happening is that uh, Riverdale might be going exclusively to HBO Max, which is a major blow to them because uh, Riverdale actually uh, in other countries it only airs on TV in the U.S. Other countries it's a Netflix original series, so it makes me wonder is is, are, is Netflix not going to be able to stream that anymore? Because if not, that's going to be a blow to them. That's definitely what that is. That is it. Okay. Uh, I think that they're taking back the streaming rights for most of their stuff if they can. Like, because I know what's, that what's Netflix gonna have after all this is done? That's the well, question. They're, they're supposed to be getting uh, Seinfeld, I think, next twenty twenty one. That is true. They are. Yeah, give that how long though? Because we don't know how long that deal lasts, and if just if Sony ends up well, that's selling, what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, because you know the talk around town right now is that Apple is looking to try to buy Sony. At least for their back really? catalog for their streaming uh, service for okay. Apple TV. So then, then Seinfeld would go would go over there. Apple TV. Yeah, it once like yeah. the deal is up. I mean, comedians and cars with getting coffee would probably stay on Netflix, but Seinfeld would probably shuffle over in the long run. Like depending on how r- long this contract is. So yeah. that the question really is what c- becomes a Netflix out of all this? Because as all these studios start doing their own thing, eventually. Netflix is not going to have the library that they had. Uh, you gotta stranger f- Things. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, more, stranger, more Stranger Things. Flesh, <laughs> flesh out the tall girl cinematic universe. I don't know. Yeah. It's just very bizarre. Like, yeah, Hopper, I mean, Hopper, Stranger Things origin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they may consider stuff like that because, I mean, even yeah. Stranger Things at this point has to have an expiration date. Like, it can't last it's, forever. It's, it's got one or two more seasons left. Yeah. It's got one or, yeah, one or two. But the thing is, the other thing about that is, though, that kind of runs 
like kind of against Netflix is the fact it takes so long to get those released out. The yep. seasons, you know what I mean? You have a huge wait. Uh, you lose a lot of people's interest in that. But like kind of how we said earlier, um, just about things in general, like how, you know, the binge, you know, the, just binge watching and then, you know, pretty much forgetting about it. Stranger Things has that ability to just stay current and stay relevant. But on the same token, though, you do lose a little bit of people because of the fact that there is such a big gap in between releases of these seasons. You know what I mean? Right. No, a hundred percent. And that's going to yeah. be the question in the long run because yeah. like stranger things is the only one that's really hit like the cultural zeitgeist in a way. Like people yeah. liked orange is the new black, but I don't think it really it didn't like, resonate broke. Hard. Yeah. Like, in the same yeah. way with house of cards, like house of cards was, it started, but, do we talk about it now, especially yeah. with the stuff involving Kevin Spacey? Like most with of Kevin us, Spacey, yeah, yeah, we've turned away from it. So like, you don't have this deep back catalog of stuff for them, and that's going to become a problem if the studios have taken away all of the things that made people want Netflix. But the flip side of that, though, and I know this isn't like I'm not trying to say this is a good thing, but the fact that the whole Kevin Spacey stuff with the House of Cards still keeps House of Cards relevant, sure, just because of the fact that when you talk, you talk about. What was really what was Spacey's last project really? House, House of, cards of Cards and Baby Driver. So yeah. and Billionaire yeah, so Boys look, Club. You, but you look at that as a thing too. Well, Kevin Spacey that that'll always draw back to House of Cards. So that kind of keeps House of Cards a little bit relevant too, just because of that. Actually, we're wrong. His, his last project was the trailer for All the Money in the World. God damn it, Chance. <laughs> okay, but we, you know what? Basically, we no, were I, know, to I, know, talk I know, about. I know, I know, I know. I'm just I'm just fucking around. House of Cards uh, with Chris Plummer. House of Cards with Chris Plummer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they, they should remake the entire show with Chris Plummer. I'd be done. Uh, Chris, I can't. I still cannot believe a couple weeks of reshoots gets him an Oscar uh, nomination. It's crazy. Oh, well, that that was totally a play to be like, "Fuck you, Kevin Spacey." That, that, basically, 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 but I also thought was... Christopher Plummer was really great in that movie. No, no, that's totally fair. Yeah, but I mean, absolutely. it's it's the same thing with Bohemian Rhapsody last year. Everyone talking about how it didn't need all those nominations. It had nothing to do with the actual quality of the movie, whether you like it or not. That was clearly "fuck you, Brian Singer." Like, we are going to yeah, like... nominate this movie because. Everyone else involved made it work in the end, even though you're a giant asshole. Like, that is well, exactly what that is. But it was the best film editing, though, of course. Oh, cut, yeah. Cut, the, cut, the funniest thing about that was that John Ottoman <laughs> even came out, and he's like, dude, I'm not even happy with most of the edit, because I was, like, yeah. boxed into a deadline that I had to meet, and we were trying to fix the movie. Like, that scene that people kept passing around, he was like, yeah. that thing sticks out to me. And I find it problematic. Like yeah. he knows, he wishes he could go back and redo it. So it's not. You're even... talking about that scene when they're meeting up for lunch, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. one that was passed around forever. Like yeah. even he admits that it's a problem because he didn't have the time to work on it, and they didn't have the time to reshoot it. Yeah, so... but the Academy still recognizes that as best film, and I mean, come on. Yeah, and, and the fact that that Rami Malek beats Bradley Cooper, there's no no. The fact that not beating anybody that year was again. Fucking... Yeah, that was them no giving the middle finger. It was to Brian yeah. Singer. That, I know that, that was immediately. But I, I, th I think the nominations were were middle finger enough. But we're, t we're still talking about HBO Max. There's just some more stuff to go over. Uh, Adult Swim will have their catalog on there, so we'll, you're going to get your Boondock. Like we said, Boondock two more seasons. Aquatine Hunger Force, Robot Chicken, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, which I would like for them to do new new, uh, new episodes of that. R.I.P. John Schnapp. Uh, R.I.P. John Schnapp, who did work on that show. Mm -hmm. 
I would, I would do, I would like to do in conjuncture with, uh, you know, get uh, El- Elmo and Space Ghost doing talk shows at the same time. It'd be amazing. It'd be really cool. <laughs> and uh, this will now be the exclusive streaming home of Rick and Morty, which is a again a big get. That's for huge them. for them. Yeah. yeah, especially with Rick and Morty getting what seven more seasons, Se- seventy more episodes. Yeah, yeah. Seven more so seasons. seven more seasons. Which, yeah. by the way, uh, Rick Rick Mobile will be, actually be here in a few days. Yeah, yeah. So. so. That that was a pretty big get for them. Um, I mean, again, that was already a WB property because it was on Nickelodeon and or not Nickelodeon, uh, Cartoon Network and yeah, Adult, Swim. Adult Swim. But I mean, with the way these streaming rights things have been, like it's been on Hulu, so that was a massive grab for them. I'm glad that they did. Yeah. Uh, another let's see other things to go over. There was there was one I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, uh, there also be the streaming the exclusive streaming site for Doctor Who, which is also yep. on Netflix. Just Jack and oh, Netflix wow. and everything. Well, and well, it's actually not on Netflix anymore. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Is it? Yeah, it's Prime that has it. So this was them totally oh, stealing oh, so, from so, Prime. So Netflix was jacked already. So yeah, okay, ja- Netflix was jacked from originally, and now it's been jacked from Prime. And this is a big, really smart get, because especially that Doctor Who, I think, has already been renewed for another three seasons, was what they alluded to yesterday. And so that means you're coming in with already... 10 seasons worth of content plus three more and doctor who is arguably one of the biggest shows in the world i mean i was gonna say that's big for uk though yeah i in canada too because a lot of the british television goes over to canada so on a worldwide basis as far as like the matt smith run when wb and bbc finally got doctor who and put it on bbc america over here and like launched it globally it has become a phenomenon all over again and there's a reason yeah, you know, like that and hot topic, right? Hot topic, obviously playing into that too, right? And so because it's kind of done that, now you see Doctor Who everywhere. Like it's in pop yeah. culture in a big way that it wasn't even before. And I liked the original run of Doctor Who, so the fact that the reboot is going to be on here is a really great get. I wonder if down the line they'll manage to get like all the old stuff too, because if they manage to get that, and literally all of Doctor Who is streaming in one place, like I, I 50 imagine. years worth of Doctor Who, they will. that would be yeah. ridiculous. How many seasons do they have? Because I know they have. Oh, so right now, there was 23 original seasons leading okay. up to the end of the seventh Doctor, and now okay. they're on season 10 of the reboot, so 33 so seasons. 33, wait, don't, wait, don't you mean the eighth Doctor? No, because eight only had a movie. Oh, it only had a movie. So he, this is going to be a tangent and like a Doctor Who history lesson, real quick. I promise I'll move. Show past. us the show us the way, PJ. When Doctor Who was canceled off of BBC in the eighties, like the ratings had slumped, and so the show kind of just went on like a permanent hiatus, and they didn't really do anything with it. Right around circa like ninety two, ninety three, I think was, was when they did the movie with Eric Roberts. Yes, as uh, the master. I knew, I knew that one. So they decided they wanted to do Doctor Who again. So they teamed up with Fox, of all people, to produce a movie, which was like a backdoor pilot for a new season. And they did the movie, and the movie did well enough overseas, obviously, because everyone knew what Doctor Who was. So the way it was built in was that it started with the seventh Doctor regenerating into eight. So like they did deal with it. And then the show tanked over here, and no one watched it. So because it was in a co-production with Fox... No one ever moved forward with it, so it just sat indefinitely again until 2003 when they rebooted it in BBC. Man, it sounds like the Eighth Doctor got screwed. He well, and he kind of did in a way. Like McGann had the movie, and he has a short in the 50th anniversary where we finally see his regeneration. But he has been the longest running Doctor over anyone else because he has so many audio dramas. He has the biggest catalog of content now. 
and is one of the most beloved just off audio dramas. Oh, we got, we got on a Toys by Chance Doctor Who history lesson, so good for, good for us, Russell. Uh, that's bonus content right there, guys. We, look, we learned something. <laughs> um, yeah, that's bonus content on the show. And uh, Okay, and I said the big one for last, because this, this is the big one for me, the fact that uh, HBO Max is going to be the place for classic movies. Like They have, mm-hmm. they said they work with the people who work, work with TCM to curate a big catalog of classic films. Uh, titles include oh. Casablanca, Citizen Kane, The Shining, A Star is Born. They don't say which one, but of course it has to be Chris Christopherson, The Star is Born. It's got to probably have the Judy Garland one. I no, would I know. It's going to be Judy Garland. No, but I think they're all Warner Brothers productions. They are. I mean. so they, they can yeah, have all they are. So you, you can have a Star is Born marathon. You can have Janet Gaynor, Judy Garland, Streisand, and then Lady Gaga. I hope you have lots of Xanax for that when you're doing it, because every single one of those is depressing for us. A different reason. I'll bring the alcohol. Singing <laughs> <laughs> uh, of the Rain, 2001 Space Odyssey, and many, many more. I, I'm assuming Wizard of Oz is going to be on there. Like, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. I also, uh, Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. Wizard of Oz just had that, like, they released it on 4K yesterday, or two days ago, oh, depending I... on when this came out. Uh, but either way, oh, so we okay. have all, we have all that content coming in for the low low price of fourteen ninety nine. So it's nearly double the price of Disney Plus. But it's the same exact price as getting HBO Plus right now, or that whatever. Is it's it just, is. HBO now, and it's the yeah. same price as almost Netflix. Which we have it streaming through like uh, multiple devices, but right. still we pay pretty much about twelve bucks a month. Which, but they they did say though, if you if you do get HBO now, you already get access to HBO. Now. Yes, and they're being smart about it because again. When you look at it, fourteen ninety nine a month, and the ten thousand hours of content that they're bringing to the table is ridiculous. Like this is a gold mine of content. Warner Brothers has one of the deepest catalogs of any studio in all of Hollywood. Like this, all of just Clint like, Eastwood's films. Yeah, all of Clint Eastwood stuff is going to be on there because he's yeah. been working with them forever. Like yeah. this is smart. This is great. And when you look at the amount of content between Disney Plus. And the amount of content of HBO Max for twenty dollars a month that you can get, it's almost a no brainer to drop Netflix and just get these two because you're getting more content for like six dollars more. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Did you say if you if you have HBO now you'll you'll be offered after yes, nothing? Yes, you you will get HBO Max. As an inclusion. Oh well, shit! I already have it. Oh yeah. well, there you go, Russell. You already got, you'll yeah. be our first correspondent. Look at that. Look at, look at me back into that. Yay. Yay. Yeah, and I think at the end of that, once it's all said and done, like eventually HBO now is gonna absorb uh, be absorbed. But like anyone who's uh-huh. on its current plan or whatever is like grandfathered in until it's gone. Yeah. So the only reason why I think we have it is because of the fact that I think we bundled with something because I have AT and T or something like that. We bundled and HBO was pretty much free. Or so I forget. I forget the whole the nuts and bolts of it. But basically, us keeping HBO, it doesn't really cost us anything. Right. It's pretty much how that works. I know. It yeah. took, I know it took a little while to go over to this uh, over this catalog. And I, trust me, I will timestamp the amount of time we're talking about this because we do spend a little, we do spend a little while on it. And that's because none of us are really all enthused to talk about Halloween Resurrection. It's come. We've come to that time. God damn it. Okay. You've crushed my larynx. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, no, no, save it. So, uh, if, yeah. So Halloween Resurrection came off the back of Halloween aged Halloween Water, as I like to call it, uh, which was supposed to be the last installment, but <laughs> that movie made money, and it ended with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis decapitating Michael Myers. But you know what? Fuck it. We can work around it, right? Have you heard the stories about how this came together? I know that they want. They originally conceived the idea of doing like a standalone movie without Michael Myers again. Mm-hmm. But you know, so, produce, producer Mustafa Akkad looked at it, looked at 
Halloween three and thought, you know what, that didn't work once. Let's let's, let's not do well, it. Well, in a lot of what this production came from, again, like I'm a production nerd. Like I I have all sorts of stories like this. Like this is what I love. But when Jamie came back for H two O, she was adamant that it was going to be her last Halloween at the time. Like she didn't want to I re- do it. I remember the releasing of it. Yeah. Yeah, and so when she came on. She said that Michael had to die at the end. There had to be no hints of a sequel because she okay. was not interested in coming back. So that's why the movie ends the way it does in H2O with her killing Michael. The whole yeah. reason they didn't hint at it anymore was because of her. But literally the next day, they shot the scene with Michael where he's in the paramedic outfit. Like they waited until production was officially over. Jamie was gone. And then they shot the parts of Resurrection that they were going to use oh later. <laughs> she she got, she got, she away. Okay, go, 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 go. Like, that's pretty much how it kind of came about. And because of that, number one, like, H- H2O, when it came out, was massive. Like, I remember the marketing campaign. I was young. I yeah, I was young, but it affected me. So I have a soft spot for H2O. Because I, like, H2O I know is not that bad. It's not bad, but it, I wouldn't no, say it's, it's good. Like, it just, it's a mid-level Halloween film. But because it's of a, it's a, yeah, I'm sorry, God. Oh, I was just gonna say, but because of how it like resonates with me, I put it as like high tier. Yeah, so and, and uh, it reminds me, it's one of those films though. It's it's that '90s feel though, because it sure. came out in '98, and I remember watching that in the theater, kind of how you said. And I remember there was talks about yeah, this is Jamie Lee Curtis's last one. It's 20 years after the original, so everything lines up perfectly. Nice little bow tie and whatever, and right. be done with it. But when they ended up rolling this one out, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, it was yeah. so bizarre. And like the other thing yeah. on top of it is like how much of the new Halloween actually owes to H2O because H2O dealt with a lot of the same stuff, like yeah. her with the PTSD and her like yeah. trying to hide from all of it. Like all of that is there. It's just not I as mean, upfront. I mean, let's, let's be real. Halloween 2018 is just basically a better version of Halloween H2O. I don't know if I necessarily even think it's a better version. Oh, I, oh, I, I think that's the better version. I, I, I think that's without question the second best if in the series. Nah, if it's better, it's not better by much. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take PJ's side on that one, just because of the fact that I like I grew up watching this series. So you know what I mean? Like I, I mean, not obviously the ones that came out in the eighties. Obviously, I wasn't around, but I remember watching like four and five with the you know the clown uh, Jamie the right. clown Daniel um, Harris. And, uh, yeah, and just and just just watching all that stuff. So like I kind of did grow up with this franchise, um, and I. I think it's kind of funny that Blumhouse went the direction. Well, we're just going to go ahead and make this a direct sequel to 78, but we're going to make it 40 years after, you know, the original. And again, it's just basically the same thing that H2O did 20 years after the release of the right. Carpenter film. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. I mean, Halloween has basically become choose your own adventure. There's so many different continuities. Like you could watch one, two in H2O and like, that's one trilogy in and of itself, or you could watch yeah. one in the new one, or you could watch one, two, and then four, five, and six, and like they're kind of like it's full continuity where you're basically only following Donald Pleasant's character. Like, there's all yeah. these different versions of what Halloween is. So it really kind of yeah. depends on which series you lean towards, in a way. Like, I miss the angle of Michael being the the brother and whatnot. The reason being, at least for me, when you look at the new Halloween, like they're trying to say that all of it was supposed to be random. But if it was so random, why does he keep coming back to her? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I find yeah. there's inconsistencies in that narrative. That's I'm fair. hoping that the next two movies deal with it. And and that's something I, I something I don't like about the new one, the fact that there's no reason for actually going out to Right. We're getting off topic. We're not, we're yeah. not talking about Halloween Water or Halloween tw- or Halloween twenty eighteen. I think anymore. it just which 
we're Which laying suck, the, though. Yeah, we're laying the groundwork. We're laying the groundwork for why Halloween Resurrection is fucking terrible yes. because you notice how none of us brought that up in any of this because <laughs> there's one movie in this franchise that fucking sticks out more than any single one and that's considering that 6 exists. Like 6 well, and 5's not very good either. No, it's well, not. Well, I was going to say mine is 3 though cuz Season of the Witch is awful. I, Season of the Witch is good on its own. It's just not it's, Halloween. It's still better than most of the, but, my, my, the most of the Michael Myers movies, though. Let's be honest. But but it but, but it puts the title Halloween. You know what I mean? It, right. it bears Halloween three is the thing I think that's most recognized for this franchise. I still, uh, I still love that theme yeah. song. Yeah, I do too. Happy, happy Halloween. Well, the, the Halloween. biggest thing with Halloween three, I think, at the end of the day, is that Carpenter never wanted to do a sequel with Michael Michael Myers. He just wanted to do an anthology. So every year yeah. he wanted to do a different Halloween movie, and so. When Halloween blew up, everyone was like, well, you need Michael in the second one. And he's like, fine, motherfuckers. Like, all right, they're here. Yeah. And, and then he was like, but I'm not coming back unless we do Halloween 3 my way. And they did. And that was great. But then at the end of the day, he left the series because yeah. it didn't do well. Yeah. Did he have any involvement with Halloween Water? Yes. He did. Yeah, he was originally supposed to direct it. That's what I thought. Like, he and Jamie had gotten pretty far into, like, where they were, like, both on board because they kind of went out. at the. They came to them, and everything kind of went out the same way. And then when Jamie signed on, she went to John, and she was like, look, everything looks really good. Like, I like the direction we're going. Would you be interested in coming back? And it looked like it was going to happen for a while, but then eventually Carpenter was like, I've not really interested like i will give it my seal of approval but i'm not going to come on to direct it so like he blessed the project essentially and then was just like but i'm kind of done it wasn't until blumhouse came around that he officially came back in any capacity right and so uh as a result we have halloween resurrection how bad this movie well they decided to give the franchise rob zombie after this so think of that what you will lots lots of dissect with this film so let's not waste any more time this is halloween resurrection we open up with the film in a mental institution where we meet our main character, Laurie Schrode, once again, by Jamie Lee Curtis, who has a look on her face that just makes me think she's now realized she's in Halloween Resurrection. I, I think that it's amazing that they managed to get her to come for a, like back for this cameo where she was like so over Halloween, she's just like, fucking kill me. Yeah. Because that's uh, exactly but, what but it feels like. It, it does, and it, it, it really does suck. That, like, very, and we'll talk about this, but the very short cameo she does have film she does have that look that she does not want to be in this film no not even a little bit and it's amazing like we'll kind of touch on it throughout michael rosenthal which we didn't mention is the rick dude rosenthal. or rosenthal sorry uh rick rosenthal the guy who directed halloween 2 of all things like and halloween 2 is pretty beloved amongst like halloween fans directed this yeah. one because it is the quality couldn't be any more different that's very no, it's completely opposite who directed who directed h2o Oh man, I I could tell you. Give oh, me just a second. Jesus. Okay, regardless, we get we get told via. Okay, this 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 is where I knew we were in trouble. We get these two nurses talking, and the ADR in them is so bad. If you look at one of them, you can like when when their lines are being said, you can see her lips aren't even fucking moving. Right. Steve Miner directed H two O. Steve Miner. Yeah, Steve Miner, yeah. who also did Soul Man. He did two of the Friday the Thirteenth. Wait, Soul Man. See Thomas Howell, Soul Man. Yes. Yes. Like he he has a he did Lake Placid, which okay. is really popular. He did the two thousand eight version of Day of the Dead, which is kind of popular, like in cult circles. He's not the world's most talented director, but I mean H two O was basically just B Carpenter, and he did his best. Yeah, so basically yeah. we get told via via nurse and via bad ADR. 
uh, the extremely, extremely ridiculous reason as to how Michael is back. He got decapitated in the last film. So it's so a, awful. It it's turns so out terrible. that after that, when Michael was in that one building, I can't remember what, what, what the building was. I think it was like what Lori's house. Yeah. 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 Uh, turns out he crushed the larynx of a paramedic and, and dressed up in him before taking an ambulance. Which, by the way, in this movie is a different ambulance than the one he was taken away from in, in H2O. Uh, he crushed his larynx, put him in his outfit, put on his paramedic's outfit, and got away that way. I, I hate this. I hate everything I hate, about this. Which, yeah, I, because, I because it doesn't make any sense. Because, like, th- putting on the mask, you like superhuman strength and abilities. He gets flown out. He gets flown out the ambulance. He gets right. crushed by a car. Well, and not but just. My, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Russell. No, but my thing is, no, my whole entire thing about it is, okay, he crushed his larynx. He's wearing his mask and the thing. Why not take the fucking mask off? Right. It would have been so I mean, easy. Like, everything about how H2O ends, it yeah. fe- this feels like such a middle finger to everything they did. Like, I know you felt the need to do another movie because the last one made $55 million at the time, but it so undermines everything about Halloween H2O. Like, none of it makes sense, and it also underwrites Lori. Like, Lori finally gets everything she wanted. Yeah. yeah, she gets her revenge, and I think... We don't see final girls get the revenge normally, you know, not like this because you're scarred for life. But to get to do H2O in this way, like it was so cool and it just it's so flat. It's so boring and it just doesn't make any sense. No, like not not at all. This is it's it's ridiculous. But either way, Lori has been in the in this apparently mental hospital for the last three years. She's been stocking up her pills, making what I'm assuming is the world's worst pinata. Just like Paul Sheldon did in Misery. Exactly, yeah. just like I Paul know. Sheldon did in Misery. Yep. Well, only he hit him in the bed, but yeah. yeah in the bed, but he's, he's still, he's still, she's hiding. Uh, as we once again recycle the same fucking shot from the first one of Laura looking out a window, Michael just there, just like, are, are you even trying? Are you even trying anymore? But, 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 member berries. <laughs> Me- member this shot. <laughs> uh, well, like, luckily, Michael's invading on the one night of the year the inmates are apparently allowed to leave the rooms we see one guy <laughs> who i'm not sure why he's here i guess his, i guess his mental handicap is he memorizes the baseball card stats of serial killers oh he's a big yeah he's a big uh, serial killer fan the guy that has a clown mask kind of yeah. pays homage to the 68 uh, film a little bit because he obviously killed his sister with a clown mask on. i thought that was kind of funny playing homage to that yeah mike michael michael then enters the mental facility through the underground tunnels is strange. I don't know why he didn't could just go through the front door, but at this again, point he might as well have. He I might mean, as well go through the front door. I mean, but this way, how else was he going to get his rose gold pretzels if he, if he went through the front door? Look, at the end of the day, everything about this movie, I'm going to say it a lot, everything feels lazy. I mean, he might as well have just walked through the front door and killed all the nurses. Yeah. But he literally, he literally walks through the door of Jamie Lee Curtis's room. Right. Exactly. Oh, no, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But we, he, which is so odd. We can just walk through the building then. Just walk through the door. He takes out one of the guards them into dust as this is this is okay well, michael Myers in this movie is just ridiculous because not only does he decapitate this guard he takes the time to stuff it to stuff his head in a, in a dryer it. yeah yeah which that, there's okay first off not enough time to cut that head off hide the you know, hide the head in the uh the dryer or washing machine or whatever the hell start it and keep it spinning around while that guard's just what getting Donuts. There's no way in hell. You not don't hear not that. to mention, he notices the dryer before he notices the decapitated body in the middle of the room. Everything about there's, this there's is so There's blood everywhere. Dumb. There's a puddle of blood there. 
that he conveniently slips on. Also, may as well start the the Rick Rosenthal pointless email account right now. Right, and he, yes, everything about this just feels like someone who was so disconnected with literally everything that he was doing with the franchise. Like, yeah. they really were trying to do Friday the Thirteenth style kills and stuff like that. Like, you can get away with shit like Friday the Thirteenth. Most of those yeah. movies aren't like super quality like we like them because he's killing teenagers but it's, these it's cheesy but it's right. a cheese to it though but yeah. these movies aren't like halloween was always fairly story driven so stupidity like this always stands out really really badly this happens all the time in this movie yeah so uh he he kills he kills guard number 2 not really that not really that big of well, let's be honest but this place is probably more secure now that the two of them are gone yeah as he so, now goes seriously. to confront his 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 greatest enemy, Laurie Strode. Which, come to think about it, he's he he's how, how does he keep finding her? Because right, like does Laurie have like a homing device? How does Michael keep locating this bitch wherever she I is? I can at least chuck this up to like there's always just been the connection, and that's the thing that why the new one is so frustrating right. because the new one obviously want the long road to be like, well, it was just random happenstance, but it's happening again. But this one. I can almost chalk it up to there's like a psychic connection because the Halloween movies to this point had kind of done that. Because even yeah. when you look at Halloween 4 and 5 and 6, like the Daniel Harris character is psychically linked to Michael. So yeah. there's there's precedence in this at least where I can kind of understand it. It doesn't make it better that it keeps happening. But at least in this version of Halloween, I can kind of understand it. It just is weird. But yeah. I like the fact that we do the week when we realize that Lori is related to Michael Myers. Though. I like that. I, I, I right. like that whole that whole gimmick because kind of how you said the 2018, it feels less personal because they're not related in that one. Right. So you've taken that you've taken that completely out of out of the ballpark, and I don't like that. I like the fact that they were that was his sister. I like that fact that you know she's the last one in the in the in the lineage to be alive, and I like that. That's that's what gave the you know the original one that you know gave it merit to stand on i thought you know i 100 percent agree with that and i think it was yeah. the one plot point like of all things that needed to be left intact and it was the yeah. one that they felt the need to take away but i think in the long run again maybe the next two movies actually address all of this because i really yeah. am bothered by it it just for me takes away any sort of tension that we have between michael and laurie because there's no reason for it Okay, keep, okay, yeah. look, look. We can talk about Halloween, Halloween 2018 another time. We're talking about Resurrection right now. Focus. We we know that, but it's all because it's tied to what we're talking about with Resurrection. But I we know. Gotta, we, we have to set the table, though. Yeah, set the table. Fine, set the table. Set the table all you want. Just remember, remember stay focused. Uh, regardless. <laughs> I want to be through with this as quick as possible. So Look, yeah. Russell and I are podcasting for the first time together. We're having fun bonding. You were getting in the Absolutely. way of that. Quit being an asshole. Sorry. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, we got Michael Myers busting the room up the Kool Aid Man or some shit. Seriously, I don't even. Th- I don't even think that door was locked. Probably could just open it. Probably. Yeah, you could have literally pushed it. Like I think it would crumble because it was like so. Like the material used for that for him to walk through was it's, so it's, completely. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's like it was like it was, it was like styrofoam or like drywall <laughs> or some shit. It was so bad, man. Uh, but Laura, sure. Laura gets the Laura gets the jump on him as she goes to the roof and has Michael trapped in like a snare or something. I'm Which not sure is completely this. Kevin McAllistered on the roof. <gasps> Which the, like the, the, the way like so many times I wish like you hear Michael's reaction because just like wait, I, I imagine those times I'm like wait fucking seriously what the hell? like really like this this just happened to be there for him on to go on the roof for this moment to happen like come on which I love I love the line she has right now it's just like I knew you'd come what took you so long okay if you haven't paid attention Michael Myers moves with no fucking urgency 
He has never no. been with any fucking urgency in his goddamn life. So he is slow. He is slow as shit. He walks everywhere. <laughs> it's like I he, he he took so long because he literally walked from two states away to get to your mental facility. That's what took him so long. <laughs> underground, yeah, by the way, through the sewers. Underground, through the sewers. Yes. Uh, but right, uh, at, right as Laurie Stro, right, right as Laurie Stro is about to kill Michael, ends once and for all. She decides she she decides to be an idiot. You know what? I'm gonna try to take off that mask. She's like, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure. Whether or not this is Michael Myers, he is still trying to kill you. I hate this so much because I think it undermines Laurie. Like Laurie would not Her, do something yeah. like this. This is not how the character is. She's always been smarter than that, and it's so again. Rosenthal being so disconnected with the series, being like, "Well, fuck it, she'll just look and die." Yeah, look at the first one. Usually, it's kill first, ask questions later. Right. But she never did. Her character didn't do that in '78's Halloween. Man, she was more, you know, cognizant of, "Oh, this guy's chasing us. We need to leave. We need to get Tommy and and the other girl. We need to get those guys out of here." Not also. Also, was was him was him busting your door with his head not proof enough for you. I just hate everything about this. Again, we're talking, this is arguably one of the worst horror sequels of all time. So, like we said, Laurie decides to be an idiot, goes to check for Michael's mash, Michael gets the jump on her, and then stabs her in the back. I will admit, she has a good cool line before she dies. She's like, but this I'll, is a shitty send-off, man. Yeah, this I'll, is a I'll, shitty send-off. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see you in hell, and she dies. Yeah, this is just the worst. Yeah, it's not just, even, everything about it is terrible. N- not, not even 20 minutes in, and already the main character of this franchise is dead. Because. And there's nothing. They she literally falls down. They they pan her like laying laying down on the ground, dead, and then that's it. Like it's a shit send off for such an iconic heroine of you know what I mean of of the female heroine in um, seventy films. Which, it's, it's, it's shitty. I, I I was not of age to see this movie in considering I don't, I don't know you you thought Laurie Strode would be the main character of this movie. I mean I don't know why you think that she's only front and center on the fucking poster. Well, and in the marketing and in the marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean they definitely were trying to. They're trying. You know what it feels like they're trying to do? They're trying to be like Scream in Psycho, where it's like, hey, remember that time that we killed the person that you all thought was going to be the lead? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's totally what it is. Because again, the Weinstein's going far back. They have a habit of like latching onto certain things, and they keep running with it. So Scream being so big, they really kind of leaned in on that on all of their slasher films and stuff. And yeah. in this one, this is clearly them being like, well, it worked for Scream. Yeah. So they're trying did to you, do it again. You, yeah, but did you see the actual writing that they had in Scream? Yeah, like, exactly. The guy who directed it obviously had a background in horror genre. Like, you know, I, yeah, we said Rick Rosenthal obviously directed the second one, but from the time from the second one to this one, it's like he lost complete touch to who the Michael Myers character is. Yeah. Like, he's never, like, even watched a Halloween film by the looks of this film. No, absolutely. You know? And the other thing is Kevin Williamson wrote H2O. Like, there's a reason H2O still feels more like quality compared to this one because Williamson's because... a much better writer. Yeah. Uh... For sure. We've seen it with Scream. Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah. I, I wasn't advantaged to watch the movie in 2002, but I, w- I would have felt, ri- felt ripped off if I saw this in theaters. Dude, I felt ripped this off. Was... I felt ripped off because I remember watching it. Um, I was a senior in high school. I graduated too. So it was one of those. I think this came out in January. No, July. Which or, or July? <laughs> How July confident movie, could yes. they have been in a Hollywood movie to release it in July? Eh, to be fair, like Blumhouse does that all the time with but the Purge the, movies. But, but Halloween's literally in the title. No, I know, but dude, we release horror films all year round. I can't really get super nitpicky about it at this point. It, it's just, it's just I, I understand what your point is, but at the same time, we literally release horror movies 
you know, 12 months a year. We just talked about The Grudge coming out in January. Okay, but, but regardless, but do, Russell, you saw this uh, when you were a senior in high school. I was a senior in high school, and just to touch on PJ's thing real fast, I missed the December Christmas releases of horror films. Me too. I remember we always used to go Christmas night to go see horror films. Wasn't um, Freddy versus No, one, something. No, Freddy versus Jason. Uh, Wolf Creek was a uh, Christmas release. I remember right. Black Christmas was a Christmas release. I was thinking of AVPR. AVPR was a oh, Christmas Requiem? Re- yeah. AV, AVP, yeah, AV, yeah. That Requiem was a, a Christmas release. I, I had too, A I versus. Missed... And, then, and, that's why, just... and that's why we stopped doing uh, Christmas horror releases. I just yeah. missed miss that, though, because it was just kind of like, I don't know, it was just kind of fun to go see horror, mindless horror films for uh, Christmas but, night, you know? I, I was glad, not, I guess it was a couple years ago now, but Krampus was the closest thing we had to that in a long time. Krampus, which I literally just first saw. I have a DVD last year. I love Krampus. Like, honestly, Michael Doherty could do anything, and I would watch it. You know what, man? Michael Doherty should have done this movie. I'm sure it would have been a hundred times better. But this this, this specific film? Yeah. Sure, why not? I mean, at this point, nothing could have been worse, right? Yeah, I mean, mean, Michael just killed Laurie's show, which comes to think about what's what's, what's he going to do now? He's going to be on a reality TV show. He's going to get bored. Yeah. Well, but it, wait a minute. What college could they possibly be at? How about Haddonfield University? Let's make it original. Which, oh god, yeah, like, about this. Yeah, the, the, the whole the whole <laughs> thing is just like the, the whole the whole idea of this whole thing, like Michael uh, killing Laurie, uh, just like hey, it's gonna get boring. It's, it's like it's like what if the coyote finally caught the Roadrunner? It just doesn't happen. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we we then cut to the completely real Haddonfield University, guys. It's a, it's a real yeah. thing. As, it's an online school now. Yeah, as we're scanning the class, uh, we need a main character. Uh, how about you in the back? This is our main character, who whose name I could I couldn't remember with, unless you put Sarah. it. If put a gun in my is it Sarah, just yeah. another blonde teenage girl, which which she she she's, she's brunette, put brunette, whatever. But they were they were going for the innocent like virgin esque look to her. I think. Well, they have to. They yeah, uh, yeah. She's, she's play, but she's played by someone like it's, it's Bianca Kalick, who I do I do like as an actress. Uh, and she's found out from her friends, uh, Katie Sackoff and black guy who I can't remember his name, but he wouldn't say the last dance yeah. in the barbershop Sean movies. Patrick Thomas. Sean yeah. Patrick Thomas. Uh, they found out that they have won a contest to be on a new reality show, Dangertainment. Can we talk about the fact that the one thing that the Weinstein saw at this time was like reality television is popular. You know what we need to do? Put Halloween and Michael Myers in fucking reality TV show. <laughs> because that is exactly what this is. Because, because that's just because that name. Like, how stupid is that? Dangertainment. Everything about so this dumb. is terrible. It's so stupid. Yeah, be, be, the because, name for a production company. You know, be, be, because you know this, this movie wasn't dated enough without the whole reality TV segment. I just love that. That was literally their thought process. Was you can tell watching this is they're literally going, you know, man. Things like The Bachelor are really fucking popular. What if Michael Myers was in The Bachelor? Like, imagine that. Actually, someone should make a parody of that with Michael Myers and, like, Freddy Krueger and all of them in The Bachelor. And the final girl (laughs) is trying to choose who her, like... Who her killer is? Yeah. That'd be funny, actually. Someone should do that. We Uh, should do that. Instead of roses, we hand out finger blade uh, gloves. Single finger gloves. Yeah. I kind of excuse things for, for, for Freddy's favor, though. Will you take my machete? Will you accept my machete? Will you accept my machete? Yeah, every single one of them has their different thing, you know. Yeah, I like it. Pinhead gives her the box. box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, we, we're trying to figure. We're trying to figure out, like, we, if you're wondering, like, wh- where this whole entertainment thing is going to take place. Oh, don't worry. The movie's just, just going to tell you because it has this guy 
who doesn't even get a fucking name, just come into to, uh, Bianca and Katie Sackhoff's room and just be like, you're going to be in the room where he killed her. Stand where he stood. Be where he was. And just like randomly like, touching her underwear. I'm just like, dude, who the fuck are you? Again, this is the this is the homage. I think PJ like because he said like this is the homage to the crazy drunk guy in Friday. It, it, it's yeah. it's like it's like the yeah. junior it's like the junior harbinger. Yeah, and so is, and if this scene wasn't ridiculous enough, it ends with him literally going like Burr! everything about this is terrible. <laughs> and again, uh-huh. a, a more seasoned director might have actually handled this a little bit better, but everything about this is just so bad. Yeah, like, uh, let's see, let me see if I can find like if I can find the clip right here. This one's going like, Meh. and we haven't gotten to the cheesy kills yet. Oh, we haven't yet. Yeah, this, also, this is before the deaths even happen. Why is Katie Sackhoff looking like Brittany Murphy? She does look Brittany she Murphy looks, in this movie. She looks exactly like Brittany Murphy. In my notes, I literally put her name's Jen. I put in parentheses Brittany Murphy looking girl. Yeah, yeah like she literally yeah. looks like Brittany Murphy this entire movie. Which you again, totally could. Yeah. This feels like the wine scenes being like, we want Brittany Murphy in Halloween. And she was like, no, thank you. And they were like, well, fuck it. Make Katie Sackhoff look like Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Well, yeah, because what? Murphy was eight mile right around then. Yeah, she, she was, was huge back then. She was huge. Yeah. 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 Uptown Girls, uh, Sin just, City. Just City, married. Just married. Yeah. yeah. She, she, her, her career was on the ups. But yeah, she's just like, I'm not doing this shit. So yeah, Brittany Murphy like, why not? Uh, we we also see. Spe- speaking of light, uh, Sarah has has a uh, friendship with a guy named Deckard, uh, who's the only she's a computer played by a guy who looks like a young Harlan Williams. Bringing that back again, and bringing Rocket Man. Back. Yeah, and not just that, Deckard, who was like, man, we need to basically make sure that people are like, remember Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Well, way to go, movie. You remind me that I could be watching better movies, right? But it's the same. It's the same thing when we're introduced to Buster Rhymes' character, Freddy. Oh, I know. Oh, we'll, we'll, get, yeah, to like, we'll get to him in a second. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we find out that she had a relationship with this guy who they never met in real life. They just chat online. Again, early two thousands. This, this was normal back then. AIM days, man. AIM. Yeah. Uh, we then go to the audition process where we meet our producer and someone who's. Somehow, the best part of this film, and that's, I'm saying that complete, like, non-irony, Freddy, played by Busta Rhymes. And his so, sidekick. And his sidekick. Tyra Banks. Miss Tyra Banks. I, I, I don't care what her name is. She's, she's Tyra Banks. Everything about yeah. this is so weird, you guys. Yeah. Like, like what weird casting? Was this, <laughs> was this their, this feels like their pool to be like, we need the urban audience because literally everyone in these movies has been white. <laughs> we like, need we need the we need the black people. Am I wrong? We need the black folks. No, because so. listen, because Sean Patrick Thomas had success off of Save the Last Dance. Right. Thomas and Nicholas had American Pie. So all these people. Or or we or we had a rapper stage. in the last movie, so we gotta get someone else. Right, because they were like we yeah. we've had a black person, and it was LL Cool J. But now, but yeah. now there's now there's two black people in this movie, so they're gonna they're gonna be only one. So you know, one of them's on the chopping block. You don't know which one yet. It just it's so funny to me because watching this back, you can see literally every problematic studio note came through while they were trying to make. Thing about sure. it just feels wrong. Yeah, and oh, also yeah. you you can really tell like this tone is maybe just way off because we have a jump scare that's literally a falling light, and they do that fucking thing in cartoons where like Bianca Kalick screams. Sarah screams, and it shatters a glass. 
and Buster Rhymes, yeah, was like, oh, this girl's perfect or whatever. He's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I think that she oh, couldn't yeah. actually scream in real life, too. Someone actually had to ADR over that. Which, do you know how you know how high your frequency has to be to shatter a glass? Yeah. You'd be like, pretty much like an opera singer to crack that yeah, up. We, we also see the other cast members in the show, like that Thomas, Thomas Ian Nicholas, uh, Random Redhead, whose name I'm, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to try to remember like I know. And a guy who would go on to play Lenny Bruce on The Bar with Mrs. Maisel. Yes. It's, look, all things being equal, it's, there is some talented people here from the early 2000s. No, there are. That's not necessarily the problem. It's just that the writing is so bad, and everything about this just feels wrong. Like You basically took everything that made Halloween special out of Halloween. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so later we follow that, beyond, that uh, Sarah's having some second thoughts. She goes to producer Freddie. Who to talk? Who has to like talk her back in to, to doing the show? Which, by the way, if this year being realistic, he would have told her to sleep with her, right? Right? He would not have been watching kung fu movies. No, he, no, he would not. Actually, I'll, I'll go to bed for that. Like, black people love them. Love them kung fu movies. Like, White people love them too. I, I'm just gonna throw that. White out people there. love them too. But like that's that's like a weird that's like a weird like black subculture where like you, like we just we love the people love kung fu movies. And you know what this is? What? Do you know what the Weinstein's owned at this? Time. What was it? A lot of the old Jackie Chan imports. Oh, it's right. Because it Dimension was releasing all of those at the time on VHS. Yeah, that's and they were I popular. Of. I was thinking of Jackie Chan. But, yeah. look, but look at like RZA. He's a, he's a major kung f- or like any of the Wu Tang Clan. Actually, no, no, one hundred percent. All love like the kung fu movies. Uh, so yeah, like I, I think that's a real possibility. I do think it's a real possibility. We're just like, ah, you're good. Stay on the show. Now go back. Now go back to bed. Get some rest. I'm like, no, I would have gone. Like, come come inside. Have a drink. <laughs> like yes. I'm like, okay. Uh, but speaking of weak ass jump scares, we see one. Uh, we see one where they're trying to get like outfits for the show, and Michael's he's in the back, and they turn around, and he's not there anymore, which means he I, like no, 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 no. Michael's not Batman, even though we've seen we've seen plenty of things that show him that okay, he is Batman. Uh, no, he he's either he is on the floor, he's on the other side of the wall. <laughs> Like Michael's not moving away that fast. I hate yeah. everything about what they do with Michael in this movie. Yeah, but we also see that uh, Decker, aka Young Harlan Williams, is talking to his his roommate, who is slowly morphing into David Bowie from the eighties, and is trying <laughs> to get him to go to rather than going, you know, sitting and watching this reality show, is trying to get her to go to a Halloween party because they're freshmen and that never that they did it, and they, they never they get invited get to parties. Invited to. They didn't get invited to. This yeah, dude. the sister the sister invited him because the the guy the brother blackmailed her that he was gonna tell the parents yes. something or something. Yeah. And the, it's so funny because the one guy who I, I can never remember his name, but the like lead young kid in all of this, he was one of those guys that popped up in everything in the early two thousands. Well, he, he also he's also in a bunch of like the Disney Channel movies. Yeah, like I recognize him immediately from like Luck of the Irish. He's also like the champion of having of being in like. Horror sequels. He was in like Final Destination three. Hey, Final he Destination in... three is all right. Like compared to some of the other ones, he was in the Ring two. Oh yeah, Ring two. Yeah, I can't go to bat for that one. No, no. if you go, if you go to, I will judge you as a person. You I, I can go two. to bat for Final Destination three because it's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead and she is gorgeous. I mean, sure, but that's okay. I also worked at a theme park, so like the idea of going the roller coaster, yeah, that was pretty sweet. That's true. Yeah, like I can get yeah. behind that. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, they then cut to the the house. Like I said, this take place at the Myers house. Uh, who I guess uh, Sarah had she got red flag from seeing Michael Myers and the you know an reflection in a mirror, but looking straight at the fucking guy, that is 
Pretty red flag. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it also it's also funny because Michael he about to kill a cameraman, which by the way, this plan could only work if nobody's looking at any of the monitors at this specific time. Because of course they're not. Because why would you be? Because why would you be? Uh, he, t- he picks up a camera stand, which I'm assuming they got from the Excalibur line because it's got the sharpest edge for any camera stand ever in life. And, yeah, stab the camera guy through the neck, which, while the, which, by the way, they really, the editing of this movie is so bad. It's horrendous. Because rather than focusing on the kill, we're focusing on the kill as well as Tyra Banks making herself a coffee. Well, so you, do you guys know much about the production of this movie? I do not know. So, on top of the stuff we kind of talked about earlier about, like, how it kind of came about, this movie went through multiple edits and, like, so many fighting like so much infighting with the studio and everyone involved. Feels like it. Everything about it is wrong. There is another version of this movie that I own called Halloween the Homecoming. Oh Jesus. Which is a like an alternate editor of this movie. It's not much better, but it's definitely at least a little bit different and at least it kind of gives a reason to bring Michael back in different ways. It just everything about this was problematic where they literally made this just because Last one was popular. So we then go to them. You know, they're they're gearing up. It looks like it looks like one of those, like military like train like it's like so training scene. It's so weird. Just like okay, we're gonna enter this house. We got synchronize your watches. Let's go. Yeah. And who in their right mind was like, we should really do a reality TV show at the Myers house and make it dramatic? I have no idea. Yeah. But like, it, 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 it just gets dumber as we go on. But they enter the house and they see some things are not are not quite right. Like there's just furniture around like the sean patrick thomas looking around the kitchen he smells some like sees some fresh spices sees a knife just like thinks is the one they use no they'd had that in evidence like wow how fucking well, that, how fucking dumb are these characters Very. well that and it, it, it the knife looked brand new there would be rust all over that thing would be weather worn yeah like that knife would not have lasted that long yeah. not no, in those that knife conditions be shiny silver like that. yeah which to which their credit like they kind of they kind of point that out also, can we talk about how cre- how creepy Thomas E. and Nicholas' character is? He's fucking awful. He, yeah, he is that guy. He's fucking. He's he's such a creep. It's just such he, a weird, weird character and such a weird choice for this movie. I mean, he I, remi- he oh. reminds this horny character Kevin in American Pie a little bit though. Kind of, yeah, yeah just, but like just a different side to it though. Yeah, but like the wrong side. Like at least yeah, in yeah, American yeah. Pie, he's kind of sweet. You know, yeah. like you like Kevin, you're kind of rooting for Kevin. In this one, you're like, yeah. I hope this fucking fool dies really quickly. It's also funny, like they open, <laughs> they open like this one thing and just, and they open one thing like a high chair comes out. It's not bad. He's looking right at it, like, what is that? I'm like, you don't recognize what a fucking high chair is. <laughs> I just everything about this movie is wrong. Like even the way that they talk is wrong. Yeah, it's 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 just. Uh, it's 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 just not right on so many levels. And it takes almost half the movie to get here, by the way. Yeah, like it just is. for them to get to this. We part. are like we are yes. like forty minutes in right now. But anyway, yeah, we cut we cut back to, to Minnie Harlan Williams at a Decker at a costume party. They're dressed like Pulp Fiction, but in case you recognize that, don't worry. The movie point movie tells you what their costumes are, and you know why. You Oh, What's that? no! Uh, in case you didn't recognize that the movie came out seven years prior, we got it. We get it. Also, no, not seven years prior. You know why yeah. it's Pulp Fiction? Miramax, because Miramax owned it because of the Weinstein's. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're at a mirror, we're at a Miramax costume party. Yeah. Oh, look! There's there's eyes from Children of the Corn. They really probably should have had Jay and Silent Bob at the same time. They probably made the man's fucking well have at this point. Yeah. Look, man, they're in Scream Three, so yeah. why the fuck not? Why not? 
Uh, but we see that uh, Decker is, is found. He's found a computer, and he is using that a computer with very minimal security. You're like, God damn, you get your bank information on that, you dumbass. And he's using that to, instead of robbing the house. He's using that instead to watch the reality show because he literally has nothing better to do with. Because he life. had nothing better to do. You have a whole party out there, asshole. Seriously, like, is there no alcohol out there? Are you not having a fun time? Are you it's also it's also sad the reality show within the movie has better editing than the movie itself. Very true. Yeah, uh, we see the, we see that our characters are celebrating the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh night of Hanukkah. If I count correctly, seventh night of Hanukkah. <laughs> I love this part where there's like this girl and this dude who bust who bust into the room, and then and like the dude just like, what are you doing here, you perv? And it's like. He was here first, you douchebag. Yeah, you're the one taking a girl into somebody's random uh, office room. Yeah, it's, it's like, what are you doing? Watching reality show? You want to watch? And the guy's like, nah. And the girl's like, sure. I'm just like, wow, you re- you really just hooked up with him just because he was there. Those yeah, are the you things re- that you really weren't into this guy at all. You really were not into this guy. Yeah. Uh, we also see that you <laughs> see uh, then the scene between uh, Thomas Ian Nichols and Katie Sackhoff where he just like he's trying to get her to like take like take her shirt off. And it's funny, we're just like, come on, one flashlight, light the internet on fire. And the funny part about this is Michael Myers, Michael Myers is sitting back there, he's like, you know what, I could kill you guys, I'm going to wait to see how this plays out. I feel like Thomas Ian Nichols is like doing his best impression of Robin Williams' one-hour photo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Creepy as he possibly can be here. Am I the only one who's now realizing that Jamie Lee Curtis looks older in Halloween Resurrection than she she does does in the new one? She she absolutely does. (laughs) wanted to point that out like wow yeah i get what you're saying uh katie sack says not take her shirt off because she's a sensible human being <laughs> and uh you know they continue that you know the thing like people always do in horror movies gotta go investigate and we see that lenny bruce and red hair girl are in the basements we're like the the, di- the dialogue between these two is so bad like it's terrible again like the whole movie like the whole movie v- but very rough very rough, but yeah, like these two, these two are just—they are awful. <laughs> like he, like he, like he's spending this this whole time trying to get, like, trying to get pants. Uh, but like, there's a whole hint that like she's maybe a lesbian. I'm not sure that line really goes nowhere. She tried to hook up with him anyway, but he's like, they find this like doorway, and right as they're about to kiss, he's just like, wait a minute, I have an idea. I'm just like, dude, this, dude, your whole motivation is trying to get in this girl's pants. She's trying, she's trying to. He's trying to let you, and now you decide to go get the fucking key. Like, where, where are your priorities, man? Where are your priorities? Well, we know where his priorities are. Oh, yeah, okay. we, do, we know where your priorities are, but where were they in this scene? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is just such a bad scene. Yeah. Just the whole movie, really. Yeah, no, it really is. It's a, it's a series of bad scenes, man. Yeah, I keep saying it. I know, and I, I'm going to keep harping on it because we, you guys chose literally the worst horror sequel of all time as far as slasher genre seems to go. Not us, I mean the people listening. Right. And, I mean, arguably everything about this is bad from every possible standpoint. Yeah, it, 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 it even extends where we go to our first kill. Uh, <laughs> Michael gets a jump on Thomas Ian Nicholas, and... It is it is the most like, poorly edited, much like a lot of these kills you'll see in this movie. It is so poorly edited; it's hard to even make out. It's hard yeah. to make out what's been happening. That's what I was gonna say when you said that, like the, that you see the kills. I wanted to go in like quotation, quotation marks, you see the kills. the kills, because you can't see shit in most of this. And I, I mean, no. it, it's just poorly directed in every sort of 
facet. Like, one of the things I've always liked about Halloween, specifically the original, is that every kill is, like, right in front of you. It's very brutal. It's very in your face. Like, when Michael pins um, what's-her-name's boyfriend to the wall and, like, steps back to examine it, that's one of my favorite shots in any movie because it's just so specific to who the character is that he is methodical in his plans, and you wanted to enjoy that. I get no enjoyment watching these characters die because I can't see it. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's, the, it's the choppy editing, the mixture of professional cameras with the fucking, with like the mid, like the low grade, like reality TV show cams that they're yeah. using. I mean, it's also supposed to clearly be, they didn't want to do a found footage movie, but they did. Did it, yeah. Because, you know, Blair Witch was real popular around the time. So how do you find the Blair Witch angle? And this is their way of trying to do it. And it's just really frustrating because in no single way does it work. Found footage movies in and of themselves, like, it's not a bad idea. But the thing with slasher films, if you're trying to do it... You it don't, do, you ought to see the kills. Yeah, exactly. And you're not lending yeah. yourself to a way to do that. And that's the problem with this movie, is that Blair Witch was popular. So you wanted to do it, but you didn't think about it. You wouldn't be able to see Michael actually kill people. You actually have to wait for the characters, if you see them or not, later on in scenes to realize, oh, well, shit, they're dead. Yeah. To actually confirm that, oh yeah, they're dead. Yeah, not 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 to mention the fact they keep cutting back to Deckard, who like really adds nothing to the movie until like the third. Act. It, was, it was really like it appears like set up in the third act. Such a weird ancillary character to even exist in this. Yeah, to I mean, be honest. It, 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 they're, tr- they're kind of like trying to do the fucking the Al Powell. Oh, that's hundred percent diehard. Except they don't have nearly yeah. as good chemistry as John McClane and Al Powell. Well, you actually have yeah. to be likable. That's true. Hey, can we talk about how, how slow those text messaging things are? Well, when we get to when we get to that scene in the yeah. later movie. So, uh, <laughs> first of all, uh, Lenny, Lenny Bruce and Redhead, uh, who I ra- now realize looks like a younger kind of younger version of Julianne Moore, uh, just op- open this vault. Which I just realized how fucking big is the Myers house where they have this like giant vault at the bottom of it, dude. This house that the Myers live in has changed so many times but this one might be the most absurd yeah because like they yeah. have they have like a giant like regular suburban house which has like an al capone vault at the bottom of it for reasons yes for yeah, things for that, reasons yeah things that are like this house looks completely different from the original yeah it's it, it's, it's absurd yeah but like Oh, the characters are actually coming to a smart conclusion because things aren't adding up. They're finding, like, coloring books that they're, are made. They're only kind of getting there because the script tells them to, not because the characters are actually smart. That's, but, like, yeah, they're saying some <laughs> somewhat sensible things. Like, I, I don't that. know. Give them a little credit. I will give them the minimal credit. <laughs> and can I also point out that there's a scene in this film that I think is really funny when they're talking about... This is where she stood when she was brushing her hair. How oh, did yeah. he, how did anybody know what really happened? That's true. How do you know these things? You know how? The only, the only person that knows Bad about is Michael Myers, and he doesn't talk. Yeah, I was going to say the only reason that they know that, because someone watched the original and decided to write it in like there was a documentary made that still would have made no sense. As far as we're yeah. aware, Michael never talked to anyone. That's, That's why yeah. I had to laugh. I'm like, okay, so this fuck is where her, she stood. Fuck her head's at a word number 20 years. He, I'm like, dude, how do you know this? Like, nobody knows about it. Yeah, so anyways, they cut down to this, like, crypt chasm thing, which, yeah, I guess, which, you yeah, know, like, every household has. I mean, Absolutely. this house definitely has one. Absolutely. Yeah, now it does. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Cre- 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 creepy, dusty, dirty room. All I need to get me in the mood to bone. 
because that's, that's when they, you know, red, Redhead and Lenny Bruce start to get it on, and that's when, like, this wall comes in, all this, like, bodies start pouring out. looks fake as fuck, even in this movie. It's a styrofoam wall again. And can we yeah. talk about the fact that why is there a bunch of dead bodies inside the Myers house? Like, how, who has Michael been killing that he's been dragging bodies <laughs> and putting them sta- there? He's been stacking them up for years. <laughs> Like, He's been stalking him for a while, man. It's just so absurd. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Again, clearly this is probably more than being like, you know, reality television's fake, so we're going to fake this too. But yeah, it's so, so dumb. It's just, it's just like, yeah. but like the way one that's going to pop down, just like, yeah, room for one more? It's, it's just, it's fucking, it's, it's just bizarre. But is, it, is that where they <laughs> see the rubber hand? Yeah, they do. The Made in Taiwan, which how dare so, they? Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have bodies, at least make my, Michael Myers looking like all my bodies are made in America. Goddammit! I hate everything <laughs> about this. Uh, but once again, like white people in horror movies, they decide to go invest- investigate with the candle. With the candle. Uh, but, but, but before that, uh, we see we see Michael Myers walking down the hall, and then another Michael Myers back right behind him. Something tell me something really stupid's gonna happen. Are you telling me that reality television is fake? Thank you for telling me that stupid fucking movie. <laughs> Thanks, movie. No, okay, so what happens is there's two people dressed as Michael Myers, and the one in the front is it's Buster Rhymes. And he thinks that the Michael Myers behind him is his like PA or camera guy or something. But here's the fuck here's the weirdest part of this. He like what the he's like what the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to be in the back with Tyra Banks. That's not that's not her actual character name, but she's Tyra Banks. No, that is the dialogue in the movie. Actually. Yeah, it's just like now go out the back, and it's like not only the dad insults <laughs> injury. He walked up to Michael. I passed him, and he's like, "Hello, anybody are you, home? Are you some kind of stupid?" And to make to make this scene even fucking dumber, Michael listens. Yeah, he's just like, like okay, and just walks away. It's, Again, this is non-typical Michael Myers. Michael Myers would have stabbed this guy. Right. Everything about this movie, again, uh, going back to Laurie at the beginning, to Michael, yeah. all of the characters that are like staples of the main the main series, all two of them, act completely out of their own character. Like they've never been in this film before. No, it, it's utterly bizarre. Because again, even going back to Halloween, when you see Michael killing them, he's like pinning people to walls and stuff. Like he is vicious and doesn't really stop to think about it. he strangles a dog in the movie yeah he does he, and he eats him yeah like this is absurd that he didn't just kill him on the spot <laughs> which I, I i guess that's the secret be michael Myers just shout nonsense at him <laughs> he'll go away and tapping him on the head and tapping him on the head and like he's powerless against that shit uh, apparently i guess all that laurie had to do was tell michael to go away and michael would have walked the street and never come back into her life again he operates on swipe i guess he operates on swiper no swiping logic <laughs> Wow, you really went there. <laughs> but like, yeah, like Sandra about to arrive. Like he gives some, he's giving some stupid shit to say and do, but he sells it like a champion. I mean, he's the, arguably the best part of this movie. I think he's easily the best part of this film. But like we cut back to Redhead. The most entertaining. Yeah, yeah we cut back sure. to Redhead Julianne Moore, who finds these like catacomb type thing. Which again, what kind of fucking house is this? Uh, as she sees like another hideout, which she assumes is set uh, by the reality TV people, but sees one of the rats. Uh, is actually still kind of alive. He's kind of eaten, kind of not. I'm not sure, but Michael will not have anybody touching his food. <laughs> so, so Michael uh, ambushes him, gets him up against the uh, gets him up against the fence, which I'm assuming was leftover design from Arkham Asylum. And this is when we learn that Michael Myers is actually played by Joey Tribbiani, 
because Joey doesn't, Joey doesn't share, share food. food. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 as, and as punish and as punishment for touching his lunch, he impales her on a, on like a, this like fence on on the Arkham Asylum fence. I I never knew that Joey had such a mean side, you guys. Which, by the way, I will say like cut, cut cutting cutting back to his home, he has like a newspaper article from he has a newspaper article about his initial killings. But the picture on it is still framed from the first film. Yep. Well, it's kind of. Do you guys remember Indiana Jones four? Like when the picture of Sean oh Sean Connery, Connery like Sean Connery's headshot. Yeah. yeah, and it's from Last Crusade, and you're like, when did anyone have did the time to take, take this picture? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like the people, the people at Decker's party are thinking this is a joke, but Decker's like, no, no, this is real. Because she Deckard's really died. apparently the only smart person watching this. Yes. Which is incredible considering he's not very smart himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just odd. But uh, surprise, surprise. Like, uh, we cut back to Sarah who's reading something. And Michael Myers standing in the corner. Like, he's, he's, he's waiting to be noticed. He's just like, hey, uh, I've been standing here for a little while. You going to turn around and notice me? And the, she turns around. Ah! Runs away. Thank you. And then he's just gone. <laughs> Yeah. That, that yeah that that added a lot to the plot. Nothing in this movie. There's not even a semblance of plot in this movie. There's really not if you look at it. But like, like that's the crazy thing when you think about Halloween. Like they're all very plot driven, except this one. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Freddie in the Freddie in the Michael Myers suit ambushes Sarah and comes to the shocking realization that the characters try to defend themselves. Like, what? You mean they're going to fight back against someone who's trying to kill them? I know. Shocking. What a, what a stupid idea, again, for a reality television show. Which, look, I will give this a little bit of props for at least trying to do a little commentary on reality TV. It, it doesn't succeed, it doesn't. Though. It doesn't land, but at least I, should, at least I, I give credit for the attempt. That's but this what, is, like, right at the beginning of the height of, right, of reality television, right. though. So it really hasn't even, like, been out that long. I, I actually do I like mean, the line you had where it's like, people don't want reality. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, okay, that's okay, fine. I'll give you I'll give you half a point. I'll give it up against all the negative points. doesn't really balance out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so uh, Buster Ryan then puts on the mask and decides to go, st- go once again to start, you know, ca- causing havoc. Oh, good old Buster. Uh, we then see that maybe things aren't as they seem because uh, <laughs> Michael at some point found the time to stuff Thomas and Nicholas's body up in the basement. I just don't understand. And stacks it perfectly to the point where he, where like his weight wouldn't like bring the door down. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, like how did how did he how did he rig this where he keeps the body up there and got down without doing anything? It, it doesn't make this rig doesn't make any sense. Again, he read the how-to Kevin McAllister book. I would he say. Would have had on that. See, yeah. now this is the thing. Like, we already thought it was Joey Tribbiani. Is it actually Kevin McAllister? Is that Kevin McAllister growing up. Is this his revenge <laughs> against people for leaving him home alone on Al- on Christmas on, on vacation? I, yeah, I think so. Like, Kevin was so mad he just started killing random teenagers because he's like, "You all had better Christmases than me." Yeah, but how uh, dare you? May, may, maybe. Maybe Katie Sackle definitely had a better Christmas because Michael because Michael Myers, the real Michael Myers, who they assume is Freddy, which I don't know how that would work out. I'm assuming there's only one case of stairs that goes up and down this place. Yeah. How how would he get how would he get upstairs? It doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Katie Sackle gets decapitated. And can we also argue, like talk about the fact that this sh- that scene is cut in so many ways that you literally don't see any of it really? Like 
every movement of the cut is just another edit where it's like, look, it's part of the blade. Look, it's Katie Sackhoff's head. Look, it's Michael. Like, just poorly put together. And, like, even the characters aren't really reacting to it. They're just like, huh, that's neat. Yeah. <laughs> now, ho- not holy shit, real. our friend just died. Uh, and then Decker said, "Are like it's real, it's real." Trying to call the cops with dialogue ripped straight out of Die Hard, but just like, "Yeah, I know nine eleven. I know nine eleven for an emergency. We're watching. We're watching people get murdered right now." We just had someone tweet at us that they like Halloween Resurrection. It's terrible, but a bad movie I laugh at. I mean, there's there's better bad movies to laugh at than this. Yeah, I I don't know, Ryan. A speech. Ryan Martinson. Uh, God bless you, man. But no. Spe- speaking of which, Michael kills Lenny. Bruce in the most like even for Michael a bizarre way to kill somebody because this is like some Jason shit. He picks him up and just like crushes his skull which I'm just like when has Michael ever been strong enough to do that? He was never like supernaturally strong. He's definitely been strong in some of the movies but, but do, not like to that know, point. Do you know how hard how yeah. strong he has to be to crush somebody's skull with No, no, I know. Hands? I'm agreeing with you. Like he was never that uh, it's, it's, just, it's just like I, that's some Game of Thrones. There's a character out of Game of Thrones who died just like that. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, but the whole time, but the whole time you're watching, you're just like, "Hey, Mike, dude, just just shout some nonsense at him. He'll go away. That's how it works, right?" Uh, as we cut to Sean Patrick Thomas, who is distracting Michael Myers into the kit into the kitchen. I was like, "Hey, yo, follow me, follow me, come at me!" And the, uh, he tries to throw the high chair at him. Because stupid, and also hits, hits him in the head with a rolling pin. And look, for all the things Michael Myers has been through, you know, burning, electrocuting, shooting, it's paprika. It's the thing that foils Michael Myers. Definitely not Joey Tribbiani. Though. He is like, oh, he's like, oh, god, I'm a paprika allergic. What the motherfucker? Get the shit off me. <laughs> and, now, and now, and now he's got knives. But you know, r- r- rule of horror movie. There's two black guys in this film. There can be only one. So sorry, Sean Patrick Thomas. You, you you got to go. Well, he at least he gets barbershop out of this. Yeah, that's true. At least, at least he's still in the barbershop movies. Uh, but yeah, he does the. <laughs> yeah, I love the way people say "oh shit" in this movie because they try to go out the door. He's like, "oh shit," and yeah, Michael, Michael picks him up. Like he tries to go one hand, go to the other. Which I think at that point you go first look kicking the balls, but I guess he didn't learn that lesson. Is this the worst Michael Myers mask in the series? Yes. Real, yes, it's absolutely. real awful. I didn't even bring that up earlier. Man, it's freaking bad. Like, and that's considering some of the shots in H two O are CGI. Yes, like this is it's, the worst. It's like Dollar General bad. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so oddly put together, and like it alternates it alternates between quality between it alternates in quality between scenes. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, Sean Patrick Thomas gets gets stuck to the wall, which means the only one left surviving is now, uh, it's now Sarah, I think. And and by Sarah. the way, this is clearly them being like, "Hey, remember that time someone else got pinned to a wall in another Halloween movie?" Yeah, but you that, love the but, original. But that was a wall. Yes. This, is a, this is a door. Which, I mean, this is a, it had to be the strongest knives of all time, and it had to be the, the sturdiest door of all time. I'm just saying this to is, hold a body. That was them being like, "You guys remember the original, right?" Yeah, but, wink, wink. Yeah, uh, we we get a uh, we get Decker finally getting some plot relevance in this movie as he now has to be his. Sarah's guy in the chair guiding her through this guiding her through this house. Which now you can talk about it. This is like the the, the text of this movie, I feel I feel like even for two thousand two this is too fast. It hundred percent is. Also yeah. I had no idea. I like how- oh, sorry, go ahead, Russell. No, I'm sorry. No, I also like the fact that the cameras decide when and when not to work 
right? Like, it's like all of a sudden, oh, we can't see, we can't see how 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 fitting that this this one scene where we need this angle, we can't see right then and there. Yeah, but it, it, it's, I mean, the, the idea of this is actually pretty good. Like having having like uh, having someone in a place with security cameras, having someone like with a security camera try to gu- try to guide them out. Like the idea is actually kind of solid. The idea is not bad, and I didn't know that John Watts was such a fan of Halloween Resurrection. So you know, Ned in Spider Man <laughs> Homecoming, the yeah, guy in the chair. Yeah, so like the text you sent him is she sends him a text that says hallway, <laughs> don't scream. What does she immediately do? Scream. It's like, like which hallway? It's like idiots. Also, shout out to literally all the people that are behind Deckard watching this while it's going on, acting like this is like the Super Bowl. No, literally, this 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 audience, this is the crowd of entirely white people. They turn into like every black audience. In every theater, just like, don't do that. Don't go in there. Shut that fucking door. Now open that fucking door. That's so random. <laughs> yeah, but so, anyways, uh, Sarah goes out the w- Sarah goes out one window, which kind of thinking she could she could just climb out that window. She could just climb out that window, stay on the roof because she, yeah. she, she she Michael Myers can't can't fit through that window. He can't he can't get to her. But <laughs> Michael Myers for no reason decided to smash it. I'm like, come on, dude, dude, you're 45 years old. You know how to open and a window. But then he does his infamous hand swinging the knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have dumb. to get that in there too. Yeah, but oh, 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 boy. Uh, Sarah goes into one room where Deckard can't see him, and we get a shot that drips straight out of Blair Witch Project. Yep. Again, mm. Blair Witch very popular. Uh, so uh, they're they're going through. We find out that Freddy is surprisingly still alive. I mean, because we have, he's Busta Rhymes. Because yeah. he's Busta Rhymes, and he, and he could talk. He could talk Michael away. Because he has to deliver the best line of the movie. Yeah. Oh no, we'll get there in a second. But <laughs> he's, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No fucking shit. Leave. Like what? Yeah. Why didn't you leave? The, they like, should have been talk about it. Just do it. Right. And here's the thing. Like I know we chalk up a lot of this kind of stuff in horror movies too. It's a horror movie. Like it's supposed to be bad. But the, the characters in these movies generally don't talk like this. So it's just so absurd. That he actually yes. have, feels the need to say it in this one. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we now get to, we see that Buster Rhymes. Look, as much as I give a lot of credit to the 2018 Halloween films for you know erasing all the bad stuff, even though they erased something they really like, we sadly had to erase this, this amazing confrontation because Buster Rhymes and Michael Myers are now fighting. Not only Again, that, is, but he is fighting him using he is fighting him using moves he learned by watching old. Movies, because the wine scenes so... wanted you to buy Jackie Chan movies that they were selling. At the time. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, like he gets him a roundhouse kick to the see, face. Please go see Rumble in the Bronx. Buy Super Cop. Yeah, I mean it's just so funny because this is so clearly they were like people love martial arts movies, so <laughs> fucking put it in the movie. Yeah, so uh, they wrap a camera cord around his head and Buster Rhymes like cur- like Daniel Larusso crane kicks him out a window. Trick or treat, motherfucker! Not yet, not yet. <laughs> He should have said it there, though, he out should, the window. He should have that, said it there. No, no, it came at the perfect time later. I'm uh, just saying but, it should have been right there. But I, but like the way Michael's looking at him, like he has like a signature held up with the semi like you, you can literally feel the confusion under the mask. Like what the fuck? And then you feel kicked on the window. Like what? What the fuck? And then he's, he's gone. He's out. Michael's hanging. Well, so that, be, oh, go ahead. It's because it's because nobody's ever done this in front of Michael Myers before. We've never seen this. Type <laughs> of someone got a fist fight Michael Myers. Michael Myers. He's like, wait, somebody's standing up to me to want to fight? Like, yeah. This, again, the echo back what PJ and I were talking about. It's, it's kind of the 
the things that are the non-traditional see in these films are present here in Halloween Resurrection. You would never see this in one of the original films, like earlier films. No, I don't know. Never. <laughs> you're not going to see Jamie Lee Curtis bust out some kung fu movies. <laughs> no. you're. I mean, this is just so far. This is where really, I mean, the movie's far-fetched as, as is, but this is where we really start to stretch it here. We also get a, uh, so it turns out Michael Myers, what? He survived? No. No. <laughs> I mean, he only survived being decapitated. Why not? He's literally survived everything else to this point. Yeah, I mean, th- at this po- at this point, Laurie died more times than Michael. Oh, <laughs> so, man. So, like, Decker's like, he's alive. Where is he? He's in the house. No fucking shit, Decker, but where? Give us a room, goddammit. You're being or a just very leave. bad lookout Or just guy. leave. Just fucking leave. Yeah, but it turns out Michael Myers, he's, he's, like, right behind him. He's like, hi, and, sta- and Stabs busted in the shoulder. <laughs> and, yeah, you, 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 th- you think he's dead because, you know, black guy in a horror movie has to happen. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we yeah we go through the f- the final the final I guess chase in the movie. Uh, Sarah's trying to get out the house. It's, it, this, a lot of these scenes are really dark, so it's hard to make out what's happening exactly. Thanks a lot for trying to be Blair Witch Two, the Michael Myers Chronicles. Michael, hey, there's still, still a better Blair Witch sequel than Blair Witch Book of Shadows. Well, that's probably yeah, true. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, so uh, we find out that uh, Tyra Banks apparently died off screen. Yeah, because that because that was a that was a thing that happened. I mean, we we can't we can't see killed when they're actually on screen. Kind of fitting. So that was totally them it. overlooking that they actually needed to do that, and they were like, "Fuck it, throw it into the dialogue." Was that in the homecoming cut? No. Okay. Uh, but but anyways, so uh, Michael Michael Myers is about to is about to get <laughs> is about to get Sarah. The house catches fire when lo and behold, the lone hero. Enters back into back to the story. Turns out he's alive, and we get the classic line: "Trick or treat, motherfucker!" God, it's so dumb. Like, yeah, uh, absolutely best line of this film, though. Oh, hundred percent, arguably, easily, absolutely. Yeah, once again, Buster Rhymes starts fighting him with all kung fu moves. You're just like, okay, let me get this straight. We got but we got Buster Rhymes using a bow staff to fight Michael Myers using all kung fu moves he fought, he saw in an old movie in a garage is burning to the ground. What the fuck is happening in this franchise right now? Literally, no one knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> but uh, oh, it looks man. like Buster's about to die for real this time. But at the last minutes, he is into some electrical wires. Oh no, I'm sorry. Buster tases him in the balls because you know, get it, 2002. And then he sent us some electrical wires to where he has been stuck, where he is stuck as the building is officially like finally burning down. Can we just add to the fact that he's not really tangled up? He's not. He can get out of that really easily. He literally all he had to do was like put one hand under and another hand under. It wasn't even tangled up. It wasn't even like jumbled together where it was like a web of wires. I would have believed he literally could have gotten out of that in like a second. Yeah, we yeah we see that uh, you know Buster Buster Rhymes and Sarah are okay, and then we get Buster Rhymes giving one of the dumbest speeches I've ever heard. Once again, selling it like a champion. It's because he's whole piece like Michael Myers isn't a man. Michael Myers is a killer shark. There's <laughs> taking the out second. everything and taking out everything in sight. That that's so accurate to Michael in a way. Surprisingly, kind of is yeah. Like he's kind of Jaws. A little bit yeah. You know. In like a he fun is. way, yeah. I mean, so it's it's it still like doesn't 
it still doesn't fit this as much for a, no. for a much more profound movie. Yes, 100%, because this movie never earns that thought in any sort of way. No, uh, no, it absolutely does not. Uh, but, yeah, so we find out that uh, Michael Myers is, he really died this time, guys. He was in that building when it burned down, looking like some chicken fraud, motherfucker. <laughs> but this one was probably actually a reporter inside. Because uh, probably. Michael gets away. Yeah, so crushed larynx. Anyway, dun, we we, dun, dun. we cut to, we cut to the coroner's office where we see that the coroner about to work on Michael Myers. We cut back. Turns out Michael Myers is somehow still alive, leaving, leaving this franchise and it's to be continued. That thank God was never continued. Yeah, I think that we are for the best. That direction was never followed up on. Yeah, I mean there there was a planned follow up which would have brought back Josh Hartnett's character from H two O, seeking revenge for death of his mother. But this movie bombed hard, critically and financially. Well, it didn't financially Did it? bomb. It made thirty seven million dollars on the thirteen million dollar budget, but that was also almost twenty million dollars less than the previous film. And because of the quality of it at that point, there was no real way that you could continue. Yeah, but either way, that's Halloween Resurrection. Uh, so, final thoughts on Halloween Resurrection. Going to PJ first. Um, there's few movies that make me nearly as sad just having to talk about them as Halloween Resurrection does. Everything about Resurrection is like a colossal middle finger to the franchise because literally no one involved seems to have any idea what the franchise actually is, which is very bizarre considering the original producer of the film and someone who was involved with the original sequel are both here prominently as like the producer and as the director and yet for some reason it's like neither of them have seen a halloween film before and you can see every single studio note thrown at them because the weinsteins love to do stuff like that everything about this movie is a train wreck from top to bottom there's no worse slasher sequel in like the greats of freddy jason and michael this is the worst by far uh yeah russell final thoughts yeah, it's just obviously the worst one in the uh, franchise. Such a historic franchise, obviously. Uh, it, I mean, it's hard to live up to the expectations of the 1978 film. But yeah, the sequels were good. Um, but this one right here is just the one where the you know the car hits the wall. I mean, it's everything that we know and love about the franchise has gone by the wayside. Things that we thought the characters would do or how they act, they don't do this in here. Laurie Stroud's. Uh, uh, death death scene is is any indication of how they really feel about this franchise she's killed 15 20 minutes into the film and the way she dies it's just that's not her character she doesn't go and investigate take off the mask to have michael myers she knows the type of guy michael myers is so i don't think that 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 just doesn't do her character any justice um michael myers does things that michael myers doesn't typically do in this film like he just doesn't act the same way um it's just it's just a bad film. Um, it, it's weak weak storytelling, uh, kind of just to echo what PJ said of the product of two thousand and two. They wanted to cash in on the whole reality television thing. Let's make an idea. Let's put you know reality te- television, found footage esque films, popularity of you know the nineteen ninety nine Blair Witch, and let's try to make it a Halloween movie. And let's just put no name people in it, like people that were popular at the time. You know what I mean? Like Sean Patrick Thomas. Oh, just so happened to be in a film in the, in the late '90s. Oh, we'll put him in. Oh, another late '90s actor. Let's put Thomas Ian Nichols in because he was in American Pie. Um, there's no chemistry between the characters. I think everything about this film just falls weak, and it's just it, it's it's sad. It, it's sad because fall, uh, Halloween H two O really kind of did seal things up in a bow tie, but the just the beginning of this film to try to tie it up to reason for it. You have to back up a reason why you're making this film to open it up. There's a problem. 
and yeah, it's just a bad film. This movie is this movie is terrible. I think this is, yeah, it's absolutely the worst Halloween movie. And all because like this is the only Halloween movie that's truly laughable. Like there's some that are just like really bad. Like you look at the, the theatrical of Halloween Six, which which looks dignified by comparison to this. Or you look at like Halloween Five, or even Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Like it's it's baffling to see just how bad this went. Uh, but, I, but, I, I but this film doesn't. Oh, sorry. No, but this film doesn't feel like a horror film. Is what no, I'm saying. No, like, like, there's time it where it feels like a straight. There's time where it feels like a straight comedy. Yeah. yeah, and it sucks because even even as you know, split decision as four and five were with you know Jamie and the clown and the clown costume and all that stuff. It still had that vibe of like, wow, she's in imminent danger. Like she may be, you know, Michael Myers is trying to kill this little girl. Like you felt you felt that like the fear, the the horror of the film. This film, you don't get any of that. It's all laughable. Yeah, and also, like, this is, this was the nail that killed the original Halloween franchise so much that they had to reboot it twice. Once with Rob Zombie, once and actually good. Those things with those movies is neither of those are even his movies because again, the producers all stepped all over him while he was making them, and those films feel it because of it. Halloween was such a shell of itself by the time we got to these that none of them can even live up to 78 and you don't even need them to live up to 78 but like you couldn't even live up to h2o it's crazy to me it it doesn't make any sense but i do appreciate zombie trying to tackle this because of the fact and i had this conversation before with friends um 78 is a classic that's going to stand the test of time it's one of my all-time favorite horror movies but to me it's like this is a man's interpretation of how he feels that Michael Myers' childhood was. And I kind of like that. I know that we don't need to know that type of backstory. We just kind of, he is evil. He's, it's his, an inherited by nature. He's evil. Um, he's very primalistic like that. Um, but I want to see kind of what drove him, what really pushed this kid to madness. And I like the fact that that first Halloween uh, Rob Zombie film kind of explored that. I liked, I did like that. The biggest now, Halloween 2. What's that? Oh, I was going to say that you're totally right. The biggest problem is, is that halfway yeah. through the movie, they decide to remake the original. And that's and that's studio yeah. notes to death, obviously. And H- yeah. H2, his sequel is more ambitious. And the director's cut of that movie is actually really cool because it's him trying to do something drastically different. But again, yeah. it's just almost too different that it totally tanks everything. Well, because you lose me with the unicorn with the, sure. with the horse at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think that I think that's the weakest part of that. Obviously, that film. I think throwing that in was like, what the hell just happened? I. Um, but I I do appreciate the the try, the attempt, and I don't hate the Rob Zombie films as much as a lot of people do. I love the fact that this guy is so menacing. You have this big Tyler Main actor who's almost seven feet tall, and this guy is ruthless. This guy he can he can walk fast. He can sprint. Like you know what I mean? He he's right. not. A baby. He doesn't take baby steps. This guy is ruthless, menacing. He swings the blade with 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 frustration and, and, and just pure rage. And that's scary. That's scary to see a guy like that. You imagine that a guy in a jumpsuit, seven feet tall with that mask on. That's scary as hell. Yeah. No. And I have to wonder because the attempt in H two is very clear that Laurie kind of inherits Michael's anger and frustration and like yeah. is kind of like the heir to Michael. I wonder yeah. if these two new Halloween films are going to kind of deal with that in a way. Like I know that it's not clearly familial, but there was a shot at the end of Halloween 2018 that seemed to kind of 
almost allude to they might be doing something similar, like the trauma that Laurie's granddaughter faces kind of pushes her in that direction. And I wonder if that movie is going to deal with it. And we'll definitely see where the Hollywood franchise goes in the future. That would but be that, something to, to explore for sure. It'd be different. Yeah, well, either way, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, PJ, thank you, for, thank you for joining us. Uh, you want to give your plugs? Oh, yeah, well, thank you for having me in my own studio on your podcast. Uh, motherfucker, you've been doing this how long you didn't invite me? <laughs> uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at PJ underscore Campbell or at Facebook at the PJ Campbell Show. Join us over there where we're talking about movies all the time. It's a really nice time. You guys can also find me on the Schmoes No podcast channel where myself, Ryan Snelling, and many others are doing lots of new content on the schmoes like we are working to bring the schmoes brand back in a different way it's like the gen z version of the schmoes um ellis has called us schmoes the new class and we're trying our best to put our own stamp on the stuff that you guys loved with the schmoes know once upon a time so check us out over there i'm on movie house and tv house where we're recapping Watchmen currently and we will also be recapping the mandalorian all right, and oh, uh, and the PJ Campbell show anywhere you can find podcasts. <laughs> right on. And uh, Russell, want to give want to give our plugs for us? Yeah, we uh, started a YouTube channel, Notorious by Chance. Kind of just rebranded mine, but yeah, Chance and I review new movies, so go ahead and check that one out. That's Notorious by Chance on YouTube. Also, go ahead and join our Facebook group, same name, Notorious by Chance. Get on there. We throw polls up every week. We're trying to get this uh, regularly now. Thankfully, um, we're going to do one more scary movie poll, I think, for to close out the Halloween Fest 2019. But go ahead and join that Facebook group. Get involved. Uh, vote for the movies that we put on there. We look forward to that. Um, I think we're at like 240 members, so we're growing this. It's 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 slow and steady, but we're growing it. But yeah, find our uh, podcast, Notorious by Chance, wherever you guys get uh, download your uh, podcast. We appreciate anything you guys can do to help us. And you can find me at Twitter underscore Chance underscore ninety one. Did you plug our YouTube channel, Russell? Um, I'm pretty sure I did. Okay, well, in case, in case yes, you didn't, I did. did I definitely did. Okay, well, <laughs> we have a YouTube channel. Uh, check out uh, the Schmodown where I compete. Join the Patreon for that. And uh, yeah, join us next week where we will talk where Scarefest. Well, because the stand took us so long to watch, we are extending Scarefest one more week into the first week of November. Kind of a tradition, kind of a tradition here in Taurus by chance. When you think about it, uh, and yeah, next week we'll be talking about some good old horror comedy. It's going to be a fun one, and yeah, that's going to do it for us. And we will see you next time. <laughs>